in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Everybody, it's Friday, August 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, The Big X. I knock over a pair of headphones off the table. Well, just be thankful I right picked as the we right, start the show. I picked the right mic. You picked yellow. Well, I was on here yesterday because yeah. the... Which, by the way, I, I listened to 96.1 on the way it in here. Us. It's still very fuzzy. It's not. It's fixed now. Yeah, is it fixed now? Yeah, you, you must have just turned it off. I got... It was about about 50 after I, I got a hold of Cal and we got to pick. It was right when I got in the car, so it was like yeah. two, uh, 240. It was a little yeah. fuzzy still. I, I texted him. I was like, this is still coming in. It wasn't us. Because I told you yesterday, I turned on when I was going to pick up food last night. I was going to, which, by the way, shout out to Simply Thai. Got a nice little healthy go cards in there when I picked up my food, which was always always nice to hear. But I turned on Nick Kern, Louisville Bats game uh, on both 1450 and 961, and it was still very, I guess, raspy, yeah, it echoey. Was, it was even worse today when I got in, actually. So I'm glad it wasn't us. Yeah, no, nothing it we did. It, was, it wasn't us. It wasn't all, wasn't all on us. I'm sure there was some, in some way or another, it was. Something to do with me. But we'll get blamed for it, but that's okay. I mean, I probably used the wrong duct tape last time I fixed the antenna. No worries. Uh, it, we're on from 3 to 5.30 today. We got uh, Carlin Sato with Jody Demling from 5.30 to 6.30. Louisville Bats pregame coverage starting at 6.35 and then first pitch at 7.05. Uh, how they ended up doing last night? Oh, they started off well. They lost last uh, night. Indianapolis. Just throwing our side. Nothing good happens in the Circle City. Not for me as a baser fan, especially. <laughs> I've, 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 I've witnessed not one but two Eastern Conference Game 7 losses there. So One by 20. <laughs> hopefully they can get right today. Even the series back up tomorrow or tonight with a win. Uh, 7-5 again, first pitch. You'll hear Nick Kern right here on 1450 The Big X. I am, I'm am i rocking the Orange Cassidy shirt today. You are? Look I'm at doing you. it. Look at you. You got to give me a thumb. Give me a thumbs. Got to keep it low. Got to keep it low because he's, he's lazy. Got to keep it low. He's from wherever. Where? Ways. Whatever. That's kind of how I feel today. It's yeah. gloomy outside. I'm ready for the week to be over. Just kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, but He's actually got a new shirt out with the, with the little cartoon of that thumb, and it just says whatever. Now, this shirt does, as I mentioned earlier, it's a, big on <laughs> a little big on me. Um, it's, it's, I think we need to switch shirts, even though this would probably swallow you up, too. This North, this North well, Star yeah, shirt, that would yeah. swallow me up even more. But this one, like, I feel like... Any white rapper in the early 2000s. <laughs> I look like Bubba Sparks doing Deliverance. It's 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 a very large white T-shirt. You have no doubt how how angry I got during that that trend of the of the guys your size wearing 4X shirts. Oh yeah, because I, they would come into like cardboard heroes and be like, like, "You don't have to do this." They're like, <laughs> they're like "I need this in 3X." I'm like that's the only one in 3X, man. I I, I need the 3X. Like, like you wear a large, dude. He's like, "Yeah, but I need a big." I'm like, it was an odd time no. in fashion. 
big like, shorts, big shirts. I don't know what we were doing. Skinny people are stealing my clothes. This yeah, not like, fair. It's, it was one thing when you were stealing my the ladies from me, but now you're stealing the clothes from me. I mean, come on. Sorry, I just got distracted for a second. I just saw on Twitter, Marcus Green, my guy over at WDRB, just noted that there has been a lawsuit filed over the shooting outside of Jay Alexander's in June 2021. And I did notice that Jenna's, again, not here today. <laughs> not that she's supposed to be, but we were off Wednesday. We thought maybe she would come in Thursday or Friday. There was a shooting. Did, outside, did Jenna kill somebody? I mean, I've, I've said some nasty things to people for small tips, but, I mean, I don't think I've ever gone that far. I didn't even shoot the people who... Who came in with their two kids and made them split a kid's meal because kids eat free and only got one of them. We're going to have to stop messing with they Jenna. They pulled out a two-liter. We're going to have to leave Jenna alone. We're going to have to let her cuss all she wants now. I She's mean, killing people. I'm, what are we going to do? I'm not going to say anything bad to her. She should be excited. The Cubs ended up not trading Wilson Contreras. I thought she would come well, here just to brag about let's, that. Let's, yet. Yet. I mean, come on. We still, we still have the waiver wire deadline of the, of the next month. Worst day of your life so far. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, Jenna, again... Who knows? Maybe she's killing people at Jay Alexander's. Well, when was that? When did that happen? For June 2021. Okay. Lawsuit now has been filed. I don't even remember that happening. I don't either. <laughs> I don't remember what happened two days ago, let alone June 2021. Did Jenna even come to us because she's hiding out from the cops? Could be. This is a, a good cover. Like, because they never listen to the show. <laughs> if they ask, I was actually interning last summer, June yeah. 2021. <laughs> if I, was, <laughs> I was on the air. Can you, put my, can you spice my voice into the podcast? So we've got... Uh, <laughs> We got other stuff to get to today. It's a it's a Friday. We want to hear from you on the Thornton Sex Line as always at 502-414-1450. In hour number two, we're going to, as promised, talk about the Louisville West Virginia game from 2006, the original blackout game. I did, did the you, people did not think it was going to happen. I watched every I'm, second of it. First of all, when you say people, you can include me in that. I, I know had, you did. You're the biggest doubter. I had zero faith that you would watch this. All well, the now, because I knew you had so, so little faith in me watching this, I assumed that you weren't going to watch it. Did <laughs> well, you watch it? I was. I figured you had. You figured I wouldn't watch it, so I made sure to watch it. See, I thought you. I thought I was going to come in here and be like, you know what? I did it. I watched. I watched the first half and part of the third quarter last night before I went to bed after Virginia fell asleep. I watched it all, yeah. And then I watched the rest of the game like this afternoon. We ended up getting a babysitter for the afternoon uh, while I was doing a little bit of work on the computer. When you sent me the picture for like ten thirty this morning, I thought, okay. I mean, so I was worried that you'd like just assuming that I wasn't going to do it. You were going. It was going to be like the hey, my buddies. There's no way he does that homework. I'm not going to do it either. And I was going to come in here. It was going to be like just me in the second hour talking about this game with you having no frame of reference. But it sounds like you watched the whole thing too. I watched the whole thing. Good. <laughs> And I really got worried about you, especially when you texted me. I don't remember what time it was, and you were like, this thing is like over three hours long. I pulled it up last night like seven, like, it's like 7.30 just I think to I see. responded to you. I was, I was like, like, oh, my God, it's three hours and 20 minutes. And I looked at it, and I was like, and I responded to you, I wanted to do the FSU game, and I solicited it well, under two hours. You may have made the right call. It was, But that was with commercials. It was. I guess FSU maybe cuts it out. I would assume so. Now, they did cut out the halftime show. Which I was surprised, too. Like When I saw that it was that long, I'm like, well, I guess they had left the halftime in. But they did. But they left a little bit of like the, the post-game sports And center. I did watch that i, I watched too. all the highlights and then the little stats they give i was kind of and I, we'll get into this in the second hour but i, I kind of wanted to watch the halftime show especially when they were pushing greg shiano was on it i was kind of curious yeah. to see what that would plus, wood. plus i mean that means he was just chilling there watching us play he had the week off before he had to meet us in our biggest game what was a thursday night yeah i know they may have played on saturday but I think you're right. I'm I think, pretty sure I think they Rutgers did, did have a week off because one of the things i had the most fun doing watching this broadcast was looking at the bottom ticker 
and looking at some of the things going on during that this time. I was so distracted by the Breeders' Cup horses. Let, <laughs> oh, I gotta we'll, we'll save it for the yeah, second hour. Yeah, because I got a lot of I got notes. I even took notes on this. I've got a couple notes too. Yeah, okay. So, so. we'll save it for the second hour. I noticed like a lot of people on Twitter at least paid attention. They sort of chimed in today saying that they watched it and had their thoughts. Uh, so hopefully, at least some of you out there listening watched it. And even if you didn't. I'm sure you'll you'll be able to listen to the conversation. We'll have some fond memories. It was a fun game to relive and certainly a fun time to be a Louisville football fan. Hopefully those days are coming back soon. We know we are now, what, 29 days away from kickoff, I believe, is, is, is the official total. Where I use, I use your Twitter account and the uh, Cardinal uh, Card Chronicles. You get under 30. I almost called you the Card Connect. <laughs> when you get under 30, it feels good. I mean, it feels like you know, you're know you now definitively less than a month away. Yep. And, yeah, 29 days away from kickoff. We will, again, be having these games on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Can't stress that enough. Check it out. Put it into your dial right now. Plug it in, 970. Because uh, us, 93.9 The Ville and 970, and over here at 1450, we'll have every single Louisville game this uh, this sports season, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, football, and others. We're going to have every single coaches show. You can find that there's not going to be a day where there's something going on where there won't be a station to have a Louisville Athletics game being broadcast. That's the best part about having this new Louisville First group is nothing's going to bump a game. If we have... You know, God forbid, men's basketball, women's basketball, football all playing at the same time at some point in, in late November or December. You'll have three different spots for all those games. It, it's not going to be uh, a deal where UK's bumping us off or anything. <laughs> UK's not involved in this. So we're, you know, if, you, if there's a game that's being broadcast that you want to hear, you'll be able to hear on one of those stations. It's going to be a good time. And again, start that calendar, September 3rd, 970 WGTK, the first broadcast there. Uh, we'll have Paul Rogers on the call, Jody Demling in the booth for the first time this year, and then also our guy Preston Brown down there on the sidelines. It's going to be a, a fantastic duo. We're excited about the, our trio, I should say. And we're excited about the whole summer, the whole fall, the whole winter, the whole spring, all of it. It's going to be great. Preston Brown make a few tackles last night. Well, not in that game. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he? Oh, it was no. Preston Smith, wasn't it? Preston Smith and yeah. I think A. Brown, yeah, R.F.E., who was on that on that team. You know, I got the name of those people. Yeah, Preston, Preston Brown was the Charlie Strong guy. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, two Prestons. Come on, man. He's just Preston, man. He's Preston. He wears shirts. <laughs> He's kind of tall, but not really. They're both linebackers. I mean. <laughs> he wears shirts sometimes. He's just Preston, He's man. Preston, man. He's just Preston. What was it? What Pop Tart was? Was it, was it strawberry Pop Tart? Oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> he was so obsessed with her because she had a strawberry Pop Tart to save his favorite. Oh, uh, yeah, Preston. I, I was <laughs> yeah, thinking that yeah. they were saying something about Preston in that scene, but no, no it, it was no. a strawberry Pop. Yeah, the yeah. exact same pastry that I had consumed myself <laughs> that morning. It seems like the only. It seems like it's the high school thing to fall in love with the, the hot girl because she has your same. She picks up your, she happens to eat the same favorite pup tart you do. It's such a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Texture says it's not fixed. It's still very static filled. That's just the way I sound. <sighs> Yesterday, I think, I think, they're, I think they're was a little bit better. My, vo- my, my cigarette induced voice with static. Yeah. You, I mean, if, if it sounds like that for, for, for Mike, then maybe there's a, sh- I don't, it sounded okay when I was just coming through. Yesterday, I noticed it was a little bit better on 1450 than it was in 96.1. So maybe try, if you're on 96.1 right now, maybe try 1450. Um, we'll figure it out. Texture says that 1980 championship was in Indy. So something good happened there. There you go. The cards, oh, are, good. Yeah. cards are going to Naptown. Never wrong, Poncho Wright. I went to the uh, last game ever at uh, Market Square Arena. The, uh, it was an exhibition game against the Jazz. And they gave fitting away, ending. I know it's weird. <laughs> Exhibit. I know it was, I, what, it was the Jazz or exhibition game. Both. I know. And uh, and I got to, and it was cool because they did this like they ran like a like a history video, you know, during the game. But they also, and I'm still mad at myself to this day. I, I don't know what I did with them, but they gave away these cool posters that had was a similar version. I just had you know historical moments in there, 
And of course, it had parts of you know Griff and, and Louisville game in there as well as part of those moments. And I thought I was, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I ended up doing like three of them, and now I don't remember what I did with them. I'm so pissed at myself. Trevor, I love to have them. That's bad. I know you would think of all people, I'm a pack rat. Like I have everything still. I was I have a storage unit I haven't really need. I use just to put stuff in because I have so much crap. I'm proud of us. We got to 318 today. No hippo talk. No uh, distracted by like any sort of other crazy question. I feel like we're all, the show's on the rails today. Yeah, I mean, I, we did get into a little bit of Pop Tart flavoring from that's, a movie. It's, just, nice it's, it's a movie, movie thing. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, we're, we're all good about it. Um, <laughs> we've got a, a couple of notes to get to from practice today. I want to talk a little bit. The hippos. I wanted to talk a little. Yeah, you want me to to phrase Dude, every come single. On, that, wouldn't that be funny though? It's that, a good idea. It's a good, I think it's a good one. <clears throat> Trevor wants me to tweet out the link to every single podcast with sort of a friends esque title. Like yeah. Because the, the other day I just did. I said the one where Jenna cusses because people wanted to hear it. And you kind of fell backwards into it, and I thought it was, I was yeah. Like, That's pretty and you were clever. like, yes, it could have been the one with the hippos. Today could be the one with the blackout game. One with the one about the one about black. Is, is it always with or about? Can, it can be anything, right? Yeah, I think it's just the one. It just has to be the one. It just starts with the one. Yeah. Because I was trying to think about that too when I was like, I started looking at some of their titles, and it was like, okay, it, they do they do change the other verb. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the bats, real quickly, I wanted to say the bats tonight, if you weren't aware, they're actually, rain or shine, they're showing a league of their own under the bright lights oh, at Slugger Field tonight. So underrated. If you want to make it out there, tickets are still available. I'll put the link up on Card Chronicle, but it's always a cool thing that they do. I know they did a sand lot a few years ago where they showed it. You can bring your, your sleeping bag out there, set up shop in the outfield. They'll play it on the big screen, and if it rains, you can just sit on the underneath part of the stadium or some of the other shaded parts, and they're still going to show it. So, Get tickets tonight if you're looking for something to do with the kiddos. League of Their Own, fantastic showing. And also, like, League of Their Own is a Trevor movie, by the way. And the, I, I, I keep seeing now the, the quick, like, snippets of the new League of Their Own TV show, and I can't watch uh-huh. it. I can't do it. I told you about this before. You were repulsed earlier. You I, clearly, I think, no, you've I think, repressed the I think memory. I blacked it out. Yeah. They, they're, they're, what? Yeah, they're doing a TV show. You know what? I, I've given up being surprised. It's it, it just the, 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 the lowing, the, the low Lowering. levels. And the stoops that the that the Hollywood people <laughs> will go to just to just grab a quick buck off the nostalgia and just just poop on on great cinema. I'm not happy about it either. I'm not going to watch it. Is it going to be? I'm assuming on streaming network. I think it's Hulu. Which speaking of Hulu, I gave you I think two book recommendations like two months ago. You wrote them down. First of all, that was way longer than two months ago. You wrote them down. I know you didn't read it, either one of them, which is fine. Well. <laughs> but one of them was Devil in the White City, which is about the Chicago World's Fair. and the, the That's the one that intrigued me. The U.S.'s first mass murder. And now I really know you're not going to read it because it's becoming a, a series on Hulu produced by Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Finally? Because that was the one that he Leonardo the, bought the rights to it like a decade ago. And, and there's been like rumors that it's going to be a yeah. movie like 50 different times. And now it's going to be a CV series on Hulu with Keanu Reeves starring. It, it's his first TV role ever. Keanu Reeves. <sighs> Could be interesting. I've never, I don't, I, so now you're definitely not going to read the book because you'll just watch the show. For the record, we both should know. <laughs> yeah, never you were never read going to read the book. You wrote it down, I, though. I, was I, like, read the, I read the Wikipedia pages of them. That's the, like the extent of my reading. It's a very good book. And it intrigued me enough that I'm I'm looking forward to actually watching this 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 show. You have to remind me when it gets closer to coming out. The one that about the book you told me, God knows I don't want to watch the League of Their Own remake. Yeah, you're not going to watch that. I'm not. I probably watch won't that. watch that. I, I just, I, I pray no one else watches it so it doesn't last long either because it's just longer it's on, the, the worse it's going to ruin humanity. But the, the other one, yeah, Keanu Reeves, I don't know. I mean, see, I, I don't know if he's been cast as, I should figure this out. I know he's the star, so I'm assuming he's H.H. H. Holmes, the, the, the murderer. Can Keanu Reeves pull off series? But I guess he could be somebody else. I've never really watched John Wick, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm. 
I think about it, he's not counter, he's not playing Holmes. He's playing the the David Daniel Burnham, the guy who was the architect of the the White City and the the big architect that the the other part of the novel focuses on. So I'm okay. very curious to who is playing the killer. Well, so would I. God, it should be. You'd be good at Holmes. <laughs> Are you saying I, I remind you of a serial killer? He was a very good seductionist. He was he, a lot of women loved him. I, I wish, I wish I was. I wish I was as good at seductive, whatever that is that you think I am. Well, it could happen. We'll see what happens. I, I'm I'm very curious to watch that show though. Now that it's, I hope it's good because well, I've been waiting for like ten more, years. For when it will come out next year? Probably. I'm guessing if they just if they're just announcing the cast and they haven't started doing anything oh, else. Oh, you got to maybe two. It's years. probably like late 2023 at the earliest. Yeah, it may, if you're lucky. Yeah, because you're, you're. Yeah, that's you got a while because right. they, they haven't even started doing any production. You're probably going looking at six months at minimum production. Lame. Uh, Texas, well, that'll be something to look forward to, though. Texas, I missed the conversation of you guys crapping on on three yesterday. Can we do it again? Well, no. I mean, I mean, we don't have to. I mean, if you want to crap them, just go look at their rankings. Yeah. Did you see Chris Mack's uh, old mansion sold? Did it? Wasn't that going for like three million bucks? They bought it for three point one million Who's in twenty eighteen. He and his wife. Oh, oh, I think it meant somebody. They, 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 the Max bought it for three point one okay. million like four years ago. They sold it for three point five million last well, month. Made a profit, yeah. like because he needed that. I think it's. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad because if anyone needs that extra cash right now, it's Chris Mack. I think it's weird that they're staying in town. So, are they staying? I'm at- kind of surprised. It's not like he needs the money, but I guess they just downsized for. Are they staying at the Katy Perry house with Orlando know. Bloom? It's yeah. Who knew she was living in town? <laughs> yeah. Who I, I think it's weird that they like, sold the house that quickly because typically that's what you do when you're moving to like if they're moving back to Cincinnati. But I know they're staying in town. Their kids are still going to school. Who, who just bought a three and a half million dollar house? By the way, just do we, do we know or Jeff Rom? I mean, <laughs> I mean, this isn't like buying you know. A simple mortgaged house in J-Town or something. I mean, this is $3.5 million. I mean, I'm assuming it's somebody with with a name, right? I mean, I have no idea. Which one of the 17 businessmen who signed the letter is it, is it that bought the house? I had a buddy in my text discussion who was my, one of my friend text groups who was like, don't you feel sorry for his daughters? Like, you know, they, you know, it'd be, it'd be so hard to like downsize houses because everybody knew your dad wasn't that great at his job. I'm like, no. The, the, out of, in the pantheon of... Uh, people that I feel sorry for, the Mac daughters are very low ranking. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's some hardships that come away with this. But sorry, you have to go from your mansion to what I assume would be a slightly smaller mansion to live the Why rest of your you days out. Why would you have pity for the Mac? Exactly. Daughters? Like, I, I, how, first of all, how old are they? Aren't they like they're in high school? Okay, they're high school. They have their their entire future is they they don't have to work their entire lives. They're fine. Yeah, I mean they can. They can be do hobbies and and get a you know a cool career that they can claim that. But they don't need it. They're, they're they're set for life. I don't think anyone's really going after them in any major way. I mean, he might have one or two moron on the internet that may reach out to him, but not to the point that when I'm worth millions of dollars, it's not going to make up for it. Exactly. They, they, they're they'll, fine. Yeah. I was like, I think they're going to be okay. Like they're they're, they're living their lives. They're going to be fine. I mean, feel feel bad for us. Don't feel well, bad for them. There are a lot of people to feel more sorry for. Than there's us a too. way more. Re- we, we deserve way more pity than they do. It's fine. Not even close. They're going to be okay. On their worst day, I still deserve twice as much pity. Uh, <laughs> well, so it's really. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit uh, to start the show today. The they had the the third day of uh, fall camp went on this morning, and the big theme today after the, I guess the the media session afterwards uh, after the practice, they always make two players available. Today it was two running backs. It was um, Tyon Evans, who I think is going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm on the record with that. Mr. I repeat, put my hands behind my back. Did you like that? I saw, you know, I, saw, yeah. 
I thought it was funny. I mean, was this a statement or was he just, just not paying If you don't know what we're talking about, the team picture, <laughs> yeah. which by the way, I don't know why they wore, this is a very small, minor quip, but wearing the red jerseys for a picture in the front of red seats, just it was like one just giant glob of red. It, looked, I mean, it was their way of showing us the seats are red again. <laughs> I guess. But you white, didn't believe us. I think white white jerseys or black jerseys would have made that even more apparent. It was just the a, black would have been cool. Yeah. It was a it was a kind of a weird look. I also, I just don't like the red top black bottoms look. I, I never have. Uh, it's not my favorite. We look like NC State when we wear them. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But I mean. in the team picture, the entire like everybody on the team has their hands behind their back, which is especially important when you're in the front row, right? Because people behind you, you can only kind of see their shoulders as much yeah. as you can't see their arms. But everybody appears to have their arms behind their back, except for front and center Tyon Evans, who's like, <laughs> nope, not doing it. Hands to the side. And I was like, you know what? This is what Heisman Trophy winners are made of. I don't care what. He, I don't care why he had to leave Tennessee. This is I like the attitude. He's also the only one in that group that's not smiling either. I'm fine with it. He's just like, my hands are going down. Face is staying down. It's all it's all down. But so he and Jalen Mitchell talk with the media <laughs> today after practice. Number seven's back to back too. What? He's wearing seven right next to a guy wearing number seven. So what? I don't know. I'm just saying it's like back to back sevens. Yeah. He's good. But a lot of people have been wondering how this whole backfield is going to work out. And you and I have talked about this. You know, whether it's going to be backfield by committee, if somebody's going to take the reins early, if they just ride the hand, hot hand in a game by game situation. And it sounds like I mean the running backs are all saying the they're saying the right things right now. If you're Jalen Mitchell, this time a year ago, you probably felt like this was your job and it was safe, right? Like this was, you'd been the the leading rusher as a freshman. You're good to go. Nobody seems to be really, you know, maybe Travion Cooley can turn some heads this year, but this is this is your spot. And now you've got Cooley still there. You've got Tyon Evans who comes here with all this NFL pedigree from Tennessee. You've got Jawar Jordan who showed pretty significant flashes towards the end of last season. And you've also got, oh, by the way, Ruben Owens, the number one running back in America, waiting the wings to come in here next year. But it sounds like he's he's handling this the right way. He says, I feel like since spring camp until now, we've made eons and strides. I can't even explain it. It feels as if we're at the end of camp with our progress and our production, but we've been only three days in. He says, I love having this competition in the backfield. I know that I wouldn't be pushing myself to get to an even higher ceiling if I didn't have these guys pushing me every single day. Um he talked about the the mindset of the competition. Uh, Tyon Evans was asked the same question. He says, the mindset that we have right now is that we all need to feed off each other. We all know that we all can play. So we're not really worried about that right now. All we're worried about is everybody making sure that we handle our jobs. Just stay the course. We're not trying to think too much of it. At the end of the day, it's just football. A lot of cliches in there. I like it. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm not surprised if they weren't reading these statements like you were reading them to me just now. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, but you I know the right things to say if you're these guys, I mean, right? It's, it's, you know what? That's... We can we can mock it and we can joke about it, but I mean, as long as it's our team, it's just what you want to hear. Like now, if this was you know, keep it simple. If it was Kentucky no or West Virginia or something, and I want something like, I think I should play. Damn, Mitchell sucks, you know, or something. You know, or Cooley coming out and being like, I hope I play because that NC State's looking really nice again. You he know? just he yeah. would just like a bunch of tweets. Yeah, just like a bunch of, don't make me don't make me go change my Twitter handle. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you, that being said, I'm just. I while all of them will be eligible to come back next year, I have a feeling half of these guys won't be back next year. I think you're right. That, that, my and prediction I don't, is I don't two mean of them that's a bad thing. Yeah, I just think it's just it's the way it works now. Yeah, you're just gonna have to. It's, you're right. It is. It's not just us. It's it's how it works in college football now. And it's understandable if you've got or in four college sports in general. All of these guys want to be the workhorse of this backfield. Only one of them probably is going to be the one who finishes with more carries, more yardage, more whatever than the other. And at the end of the day. I mean, if it's Tyon Evans and he does blow up, he probably goes pro. Yeah. If it's 
you know, if it's Jalen Mitchell, who's the second guy in that order, he probably maybe sticks around for another year. If it's Travion Cooley, who feels like he deserves more of a shot somewhere else, he probably bounces. And Jawar Jordan, he could transfer somewhere for his last season as a grad transfer now that he's he would he will be postgraduate after this season and play immediately next year. I mean, those four, I see two. And you've got Obens coming in next year. you got I mean, Isaac Brown waiting the wings after that. This is such a hypothetical question. Just out of those four, who who do you think is on this roster next year? I know that it's, it's an impossible question to ask, but then again, maybe you'll get it right and you can look back and brag about it. Jalen Mitchell and Jawar Jordan. Mitchell was definitely my one. That's my guess. I, I'm going to have to – I want to say Mitchell or Cooley, but I'm, I'm going to go Cooley just because of what you said with Mitchell. I mean, not Mitchell, but uh, Jordan being able to grad transfer. Now, Tyon Evans was asked about this this offensive line. The the I feel like this is the most hyped we've had an offensive line in a long time at Louisville, maybe since Lamar's last year. I mean, maybe even before that because those teams got – they, it felt like for so long the offensive line was the one weak point of the offense, right? I mean, the one in that game I watched last night was getting a lot of praise from Kurt Herbstreit. But has it been that far? I mean, 16 years? <laughs> it might be. I mean, this is an offensive line that brings back virtually everybody from last year yeah. where they were pretty good, surprisingly good. With one projected at least second, uh, first, second, or third round pick on Caleb Chandler has yeah. NFL pedigree. you got some younger guys that I think maybe could make some noise on NFL draft boards moving forward. Yeah. And Tyon Evans, who came from a place where they typically have good offensive lines at Tennessee, was asked about it. He said, uh, they've got the juice. They really bring it. That's what I love about my boys. They're just relentless every single day. Love hearing that. I mean, this is a, I know it's all simple. I know it's all new. But hearing a, a running back who's played at a very high level, who's been in the SEC. I think we've had more draft picks in Tennessee over the last couple of years. Yeah, probably. But still, like he's seen other offensive lines in the, in the SEC that have been very good. <laughs> he got to go to Alabama and see what it looks like. He saw like. what a great offensive line at Alabama and in Auburn and, and you know Florida and LSU looks when they, like. When they went on the road, they saw he got to see what all, what it really looks like. And he feels pretty good about what Louisville has. The quote that I was referencing earlier about Jalen Mitchell talking about the the competition. I'm very grateful to be in a running back room like this because without it, I wouldn't even be pushing past my ceiling as much as I am on a day to day basis. We're all getting better. We're all going to be our best. That's the best thing about having a uh, a stable this loaded. I mean, he is like a 22-yard redshirt freshman, so I mean. Who, Mitchell? Mitchell at this point. They're all redshirt sophomores. I mean, I think he's a, I think he's technically is a sophomore now. Who do you think? Here's the question now. <laughs> Week one. Where was Cooley? Cool, oh, did not talk to the media. Just those two. Just those two. Just they, they only have two representatives every day. Right, and they've kind I of been you. doing like, like guys from the same position. Like yesterday was MJ Griffin and Josh Minkins, who play the same spot at safety. Minkins is listed ahead of Griffin right now on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But I don't know if that's by design or if that's just the way they're doing it, but it's the way it's happened so far. So here's the question. September 3rd at Syracuse. By the way, Scott. <laughs> we're going to need you to win that game, Scott. In case you forgot, Scott. By the way, last night I flipped the channels. Guess what office came on? Scott Sauce. Scott's Todd. I can't watch it. I mean, it makes me just so embarrassed. I was cringing <laughs> out of Stanley laughing in the cafeteria is my favorite part. So. September 3rd at Syracuse, first play of the season. Who's in the backfield? Ooh, Mitchell. I think so too. I'm going Mitchell. I think it's, my, I think it's the easy thing to do. I almost for want Satterfield. It. I know he's not going to do it because, well, we all know Petrino would run a bootlegs. Uh, 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 Petrino on the first play would run a play-action bootleg and then throw it to the tight end on the rollout. God, he loved that play. That was his first go-to play every game. I mean, 2.0, Or give it to Bush. I mean, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, I'm, I'd love to see a nice little play-action over the top first play. Go for it right away, but it's going to be a run. I think it's going to be Mitchell. 
Well, I don't even care if it's a run or not. I just want to know who's going I to be in the game. Mitchell, yeah. I think it is too. I think it's the. It, I think it's the safe play. Now, does Mitchell finish with the most most? I'm gonna say no. Downs. I would agree no as well, but I think he does start. I think it would have to be a situation where because you know, this staff is relatively conservative. Like they're not going to try to no. do anything that's going to rock the boat too much before they have to. And I think that it would have to be like Tyon Evans coming out and just being superstar quality, like just markedly better than everybody else for him to get the go as a transfer from Tennessee who comes with, whether you know you believe the, the rumors that are out there that Tennessee fans throw out there or not, potentially a little bit of baggage. He would have to be just superstar quality these four weeks to get that start from day one. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to be so good and the staff's going to recognize it that it'll be like last year where Mitchell's the guy early on. He just kind of is, you know, he's, he's doing his steady, rock steady, but not spectacular thing. And then slowly, after Evans gets a, a few more touches, he winds up being the guy, say, week three for that Florida State game. That's when it happens. I mean, I, I, I agree with the conservative part, but I mean, like for it to be any of the three other than Mitchell, you feel like they have to, like you'd almost get a little excited if you saw other than the three other than Mitchell out there in that first play because that would mean. One of those three has just been blowing sure. up in practice. Totally. Now, does that mean it's going to translate? No. But, like, because you're right, this this team's going to – I can see if there's any kind of very little separation between any of the four, even if Mitchell's second maybe in their eyes, but the very little, little separation that, yes, Mitchell will probably be the one right off the bat. But if it's any of the other three, that makes me think, man, this dude must no. have been – it's a great point. He's probably going to get a first carry, too, I would assume, if I'm Satterfield going right to him right off the bat. It's a great point. It's very much the, and I'm not trying to compare any of these guys to this specific player, but the phenomenon is the same as the Lamar Jackson freshman year where, like, you haven't heard a whole lot about him. You've got three quarterbacks that have all played in that in that locker room already, yeah. and you're thinking, okay, very clearly the, the safe thing is to do kind of what Charlie Strong did with Teddy Bridgewater. You start one of the veterans, let them go for a few weeks. Maybe Lamar gets some late-game snaps in one of these or gets thrust into a game because of an injury or something like that. But we're probably not going to see him outside of some kind of fluky sets until maybe midseason. And then when I hear going into the game, like, hey, he's your backup and he's probably going to play at quarterback very quickly, you're like, okay, that's a little bit scary, but also incredibly exciting because if he's that good when, that, wasn't he out there for the first play with it he receiver, was but he though? was he's a running back running back okay reggie yeah, like yeah. gave him a little shuffle uh, pitch i and couldn't remember yeah and i knew he was out there i just couldn't remember what position he was but at. then he came in like, like they were looking for an excuse to bench bonifon and they used the excuse no, of he right. doesn't hustle enough on that play where they auburn returned the fumble and they're like let's go with lamar i think they i think they just knew lamar was the guy let's go ahead and throw him out there and see what he can do and he almost he damn near beat Auburn playing backyard football, which was incredible. But you knew, like, hearing that, that they were willing to throw him out there in that situation, like, oh, boy, we may have something here. And I agree with you. If it's if Tyon Evans or Jordan or Travion Cooley are so good that they can buck the conventional wisdom of just starting Jalen Mitchell and saying, this is the safe thing to do, we're going to do it, then I think you get very, very, very excited for what either one of those guys can do for the rest of the season. Was Bonifon being in the NFL for three years as a running back the most shocking thing you, you that came to you from a Louisville player going to the next level? No, because he was good. But, I mean, did you, did you really think he'd be in the league for three years as a running back? I didn't because he was good. He was good at everything, but he wasn't. He was a jack-of-all-trades but master of none, right? He was. Does it make you think maybe we should have maybe put him at running backs in our own way? Well, we did a little bit. Not much, though. Not not as much as we probably I mean, should. We could have gone into it full like Michael Bush way a little bit. Now, I'm not going to compare the two, but, I mean – you know, he, he never he went he went all in with Bush. Of course, the injury is unfortunate. You know that aside, but Bonifani was always never like willing to go all in with him in a position. He wasn't, but also like you had 
I mean, Lamar was going to, to demand so much of the the weight of that offense. And then you also had Brandon Radcliffe there, who was so good as well at the same time at running back. It was just like the timing wasn't right. And you needed wide receivers. And he fit that role. Now he played more running back his last season and I think showed what he could do there. But he was just, like I said, he was a good quarterback. He was a good running back. He was a good wide receiver. But he wasn't so spectacular at any one of those positions that you were like, damn, he's got to play there. He's got to get the ball this many times. It took us 38 minutes to get to the uh, off-the-track question, but here it is for you. Then if it's okay. not Reggie Bonifon, you've asked me this about who who surprised me the most that didn't be successful as a UFL player at the next level. I guess you can include basketball, but I'd like to keep it some more of a football perspective. The, what player did surprise you the most that did get into the next level from Louisville? That you were like, I never thought this guy was going to be. He didn't have to be great at, at the NFL level or even good, but even just, just kept his head above what? For example, uh, Josh Bellamy. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought that he would be. I think get a shot, but I didn't think he was to stay like, as long as he did. Yeah. I mean, I, the I, point I, where he almost made a, he made almost the game winning play in the double dink, double doink game against the Eagles. I and mean, he was a good wide receiver here. Don't get me wrong, but like I would have bet money on like a number of guys having longer NFL careers over him. Like James Quick, I would have thought even for all the you know you can make the jokes you want. Yeah. The talent was certainly there. I thought he would made, would have maybe gotten a shot more than Josh Bellamy. Damian Copeland, I know he did, and he just quit. But he was a better wide receiver at Louisville than Bellamy was. Um, a lot, I mean, a lot of guys from those teams. Um, I mean, back in the day, like, I mean, he, like Bellamy ended up playing in the NFL more than like Mario Rudy did. Yeah, Rudy, I think was more off the field issue. Still, yeah, than, but still, like, I, no, Bellamy was, played a while now. I think he's the one involved in one of these like scams. He is. But and like I said, if if you go back and watch the Eagles double doink game in 2018, he catches like a a 40 yard bomb that put them in field goal range out of nowhere. I remember thinking like, you got to be kidding me, like we're gonna lose this game because Josh Bellamy of all people out of nowhere is gonna catch this pass, Louisville guy. Yeah, uh, and thankfully uh, Cody Parkey, you know, as we said, double doinked it. I know this mine's a weird one because honestly, I remember I, I didn't even know he was from Louisville until I, I would see him on Madden, and that's Chris Johnson. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, because I'd never, like, I didn't even know he played at Louisville. Like, I remember going through Madden rosters and seeing this guy at corner that was like a 96 speed. And I'm like, sees Louisville. I'm like, what? Who? Who? I don't remember him. Yeah. And this is when we had college football, the video game. (laughs) Like, I knew all the rosters. (laughs) I mean, now who, because you kind of asked the question earlier, like, who did you think would have a better NFL career that just never popped? Oh, Eli Rogers. You thought Eli? I I mean, I go Calvin Pryor. I mean, yeah. I I thought he was like a. I mean, Pryor was Pryor was definitely at least a first round pick, and did have that one year with I think when Ryan I think was it I think after his like his second year, uh, Buddy Ryan left, and he kind of his career kind of went down with it. I think I think he was kind of a Buddy Ryan guy, but yeah, no, uh, Eli Rogers. I mean, I know he wasn't a high draft pick, but I mean, when he got picked, I mean, I picked him up in fantasy football his rookie year when he was with the Steelers. Did he even get drafted? He didn't. I think he was undrafted. Bellamy was undrafted, too. He played with the Steelers for a few years and got a couple chances, but never could stay healthy and eventually got released. And I want to say he was in the XFL last year. I'm most positive he was. He was in one of those two leagues from from last year. By the way, Josh Bellamy sent us to three years in jail as of last December. Well, at least he's not a good ending. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, his NFL career did go longer than three years. There you go. Um, take a break you guys have you guys have thoughts on this as well we'll take a break we'll take your text on the Thornton text line 502-414-1450 reminder sign up for the Thornton summer cash bash still going on they're giving away $10,000 at the end of every week all summer long 
All you've got to do is open that app up, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and you are registered. If you don't have a Refreshing Rewards membership, it's very easy to get enrolled. Just download the app or text REWARDS, all one word, to 80313 today, and you can win 10K every week this summer or the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe, which they're giving away at the end of the summer. All right, we'll take a break. We'll read some text. Uh, it's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Friday here. Happy weekend to you on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. She's gone. She's gone. Oh, I, oh, I. off to a fantastic start. Should be at least a little bit milder. I think it's going to be rainy, but not ungodly hot this weekend. So hopefully your weekend is off and rolling. You're drinking, you're having fun, you're doing whatever you're going to do. If not, I hope you're still doing all those things at work or school or wherever. No problem. I just wish at some point in my life I could get a man or woman to look at me the way Oates looks at all of his house. Stop. Um, I don't care. I don't care what gender. Just, just the love he has in his eyes, looking at him in the sap covers. I, I just wish I could get that someday in my life. It just reminds me of the Will Ferrell Chris Kattan <laughs> Thanksgiving song, where they do the air supply riff, where they're like, "Anyways, just watch it." Okay. A Thanksgiving classic. A uh, reminder: our friends uh, Damian Lee, I had him on the show last week. His golf scramble is going on Monday. They still got a few spots available if you want to to play at the Cardinal Club Monday in the Damian Lee Golf Scramble. A lot of celebrities are going to be out there. The NBA World Championship Trophy is going to be out there as well. If you want to sign up, go to leeway.org. That's his foundation, L-E-E-W-A-Y.org. Also, if you just type into Google Damian Lee Golf Scramble, it'll take you to the sign-up page. Uh, they have a <clears throat> excuse me, they have a silent auction going on right now that opened up, I think, last night. And he announced all the different items that they've got at this thing. Uh, you can go to leeway.org to see them. But the ones that I remember are Steph Curry autographed jersey, Damian Lee autographed jersey, Seth Curry autographed jersey, Trey Young autographed jersey. Nice. There's a foursome at the Cardinal Club with Kenny Payne. Um, there's a foursome, um, I think, with Damian Lee that's up for bid. You've got, let's see, a signed Mookie Betts baseball. Nice. Can't beat that. You've got uh, a bunch of different raffle items. You've got, I think, um, uh, four tickets to U of L men's basketball games. You've got that Mr. and Mrs. Kentucky bourbon, the Russ Smith bourbon that's out there up for bid. Again, check it all out. And uh, play on the golf scramble if you'd like to spend some time with the World Championship Trophy. Who wouldn't? That's a little mix of uh, pro and uh, college uh, prizes right there. Yeah. Or gifts, I guess. Uh, I guess what would be not prizes, I guess. If it's a, an auction, it'd be uh, would that would that prizes be the right term? What do you mean? Would you, would you call them prizes if there are items in an auction? Yeah. You, okay. know, you win. Winning bid. Well, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're winning bid. Yeah. Sure. Uh, is, is it a silent auction or a? Silent auction. It's all online. You can do it. The, the bidding has already begun. Have you bid on anything? No, I'm not. I'd like to, but I mean, no. Well, what was it? What was it in the Friends episode when they go when Joey wins the boat? Like Rachel's like bids for the Paris trip. She's like twenty dollars. Hope I win. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. And Joey wins the boat. Cause he thought it was your, you had to guess what it cost, and not a bid. <laughs> yeah, Damien was going to we were tr- tr- going to try to get him on the show today when we had the the West Virginia thing came up. He had some scheduling conflicts. He's going to, and I was hoping 
Not he's we not could get him on. Lost in West Virginia. Two different yeah, things. no. I was hoping because he was originally scheduled to play on this kickball thing. We're going to be out there for the the homies kickball celebrity tournament on Wednesday, and I'm doing the umpiring for it. I was like, we'll get you on. We'll have a thing. And unfortunately, he has to go back to the bay on Tuesday. He's got to take the world championship trophy back there. So he's got it for a few days. I oh, have it out here. He did tell, let us know that he gets it for. Did he say like four days? I think three is what he said. Three. Okay. Yeah. So he's gonna he's not gonna be able to play in the kickball tournament, which sucks. You but, got the Larry O'Brien trophy for three days. What are you doing with it? What am I not doing with it? I'm taking it everywhere. I mean, all my I, friends are coming over. All my family's coming over. <laughs> We're taking pictures. I'm taking it to like Graders to go get ice cream. I'm taking it to Plains Bakery. I'm taking it to wherever I want to take it. I mean, yeah, I would. I drive around in the car, go somewhere that has the carpool lane, and just purposely get in the carpool lane with it in the seat. Yeah, hoping I get pulled over just so I can show the cop I have it. Just, I mean, <laughs> it's not the only golf scramble going on, though. We have to get a plug for our friends, uh, the KRC. They've launched the Big X Golf Scramble, which yeah. is going down September 2nd. It's football eve. That Friday before Louisville and Kentucky both start their seasons, it's going to happen at Elk Run Golf Club. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. $30 a player, $120 for a foursome. Reserve your spot by emailing bigxscramble at yahoo.com. Why did TJ do the math like that? Like, it, there's no there's no deal for a foursome. It's just 30 times four. Just to say next thing, yeah, yeah. He did the he did the Donald Trump thing where it was like, come hang out with Donald Trump at the at the Derby. It's like it was like five thousand dollars for like single per, per person or special rate of ten thousand dollars per couple. And it's like, well, no, that's just still five thousand dollars per person. I mean, would have been like, like have you ever done the math on a combo to fast food place? You literally save like five. It's cents. Not, yeah, it's it's barely it's anything. So yeah, it, they're just doing it to get you to buy all three items. But save money by registering a foursome for hundred twenty dollars or play by yourself for just thirty. That's gonna be the, the big X. I wish we could play. We're gonna have to. We're gonna rest up. We're going to be. I may be there. You may be there. I'm gonna have to. I need to rest up. You I, should go. We'll just drive the carts around. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. It's a. Uh, I'm trying I to. Told do TJ, it, I, I told you, I'm trying to do as little as possible for as long as possible, so I can get better. I told TJ, I'm going to crash this house the night before, so I don't oversleep. There you go. But next he year we need to pawn me off on Scoots. He's like, no, you should say it's Scoots' house. I'm You're like, playing next year. It's me, you. We got to find some people who can actually golf here. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't carry this team. Who's the, uh, Justin Thomas? Maybe I've been the a, I mean, I've been the A player in one golf scramble before, and it did not go well. If, even if you get like, if you put me. Me and you, I don't. I guess I don't know how bad you are, but I know how bad I am. I'm not bad. No, I'm horrible. Um, like I don't know if you could. We could still win if you put me with like a PGA golfer. Yeah, you could, because you wouldn't have to do anything. Trust me, those guys. I played in a a pro am. Wouldn't I bring the score down though? When I when I'm no, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to take your shots. Like you a scramble, oh, okay. you just take the well, best no. shot out of the four people. Everybody hits the same shot. You take oh. the best shot out of the four people. Like I played in a scramble with well, then a. I'm, then, I'm, then I'm yeah. I'm, you would just have to hit some putts. Like that would be the only thing you can contribute. That's what they. It's why there's it, there's no like people are like oh I'm terrible at golf. It's a scramble. Who cares? You don't have to do anything really. Okay. Just go out there and didn't know the rules. Yeah, hack around. It's fun. Um, but there was one time where I was the A player in a scramble. It was me, Doug Davenport, Roger Berkman, and some other quote unquote celebrity, and I can't remember who it was. But like they like we were. I was like, we're relying on me, and the other guys were not. Like, Doug's, uh, like Doug's how, okay. Like Berkman's not poor, that great. I like this poor guy. Berkman gets his name dropped, and this guy's so low in the table. I can't, I can't remember he who it was. He doesn't even get above Roger Berkman, the guy that did not, I know who it was. The, the guy I, who's famous for no, 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 no I, I know who it was, and actually, he is worth knowing. It was Buzz Baker was the other guy. What, um, what did I know the name Buzz was? UK guy. Oh, oh Famous, yeah, legendary yeah, UK yeah, media yeah, member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, I knew the name. He, great guy, not great at golf. But, and Doug is like, Doug's okay. Berkman was not very good. 
And I was like, <laughs> really? Because I mean, getting it in the holes is the whole reason for being famous. After a while, Doug was like, "Come on, instant, instant defense. Like, give us something here." But like, after the first three holes, I was like, "Ooh, we are going to struggle," and we did not do well. We did not do great. <laughs> you needed me out there. We needed you to make some putts. But uh, again, hey, reserve putts your spot, I can do, cause I'm, I'm a putt putt guy. Email Big X uh, Scramble at yahoo.com if you want to reserve your spot today. I know they've already they've done real well. They uh, they have I think thirty foursomes open. They'd filled like 16 of them very quickly. So I think they're going to, it's going to be a full field. So if you want to play, act now. I also saw, on it. I to give, have to give a shout out to our crew here, WJIE, our sister station, and in the Word Media Group. We had uh, Kedrick Tembo on yesterday talking about the re- yep. flood relief efforts. Troy was fielding phone calls. I was talking to Debbie when I came in here. They raised like $36,000 yesterday. Nice. Very cool. Just one day. Well, I was leaving, I, I went on just let Troy have all of them the cash had on me for it. So you made up like 25 of that 36000 27. 27. Nice. <laughs> I don't have a lot of cash on me. Well done. I told him he could have one of my old lottery tickets from the pool that I forgot to scan. Yeah. It's like if it's a big win, anything over a big winner, though, you got to give it back to me a little bit. Uh, Texter says the streaming is running today about as well as Max offense last year. Try hitting that reset button for your dreamer streamers. Dreamer streamers? Texas says 30 per person is a pretty good deal. It is a good deal. It's a great deal. Is it a good deal? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming so. Yeah. I mean, Elk Run's a good course. Texas says 0% chance Rutherford goes to the golf scramble. You're not wrong. <laughs> Next year, 2023 is my year of the golf. Scramble. You didn't show you you did this on the Christmas party, dude. I did. Yeah, now you say it's so, like so bragging. You're like I did. I did. We had something like, else going like on. It's a badge of honor. No, it's not. we had something else. Going, I don't remember what it was. We had something else going on. Oh, it was so important. You don't even remember what it was. No, it's the holidays. Stuff's going on. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> okay. Texture says well, we don't let you in our lottery club. Well, that's why. Okay. <laughs> Texas, can you all sing the Dewan Wagner song? It's DJ. DJ, is Dewan Wagner's song going to be the theme song to this new spinoff? Because you know, it's, it's, it's a prequel. Might be. Texas says uh, Bilal Powell being in the NFL was kind of surprising. Another person says Bilal Powell. Texas says Charles Gaines. Um, I don't know if that was he thought he was going to be good. Charles Gaines could have been a, a really good player. He was another one defensive backs, right? He, he started at wide receiver. Yeah. Then he went to defensive back. And then he... he Got caught drinking vodka before a game in the locker room and uh, got, got in trouble and then was pretty good after that. Uh, Texas says Lorenzo Malden, I thought would be great. He's he's playing in Ottawa now. Thought, yeah. I thought he would have a longer NFL career. Yeah. Texas, all right, listening to podcast of yesterday's episode and the absolute slander of Burt Kreischer is unreal. We're back to Burt Kreischer love. On I don't even, even look that guy up. One of the biggest comedians out right now. I, I didn't even recognize him when I Googled him. I, I, I forgot to even look it up after this. That's how much it like didn't even ring. ring because a lot today. of times with like famous, I use famous in air quotes, comedians. Like I won't know Do their I name. Know him? I, I I didn't. Like I don't. I won't know their name, but I'll Google them and I'll be like, oh yeah. Like he did. A lot of times, big time comedians will have small parts in various TV shows, or you'll you'll recognize them from some skits that were online yeah. or something like that. How do you spell the last name? K R E. I mean, just just come close. K R E S I S C H E R. Burt Kreischer. Like I don't, he, I don't even recognize this guy. That, no, that dude does look familiar. I have seen him in something. He's he's like shirtless in all his pictures. Yeah, he is. But I mean, that's just us hairy fat guys like to do that just to show that we, you know, don't care. Yeah, exactly. Is that a defense mechanism? It's pretty much. It's like comedy. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was the original Van Wilder. Doesn't not what you'd look like in your mind if you tried to picture the real life Van Wilder. I'll say that. He says he does. Does he not have a filmography of like stuff he's been in and like I shows? Yeah, he sold out Red Rocks according to the text line yesterday. Well, I mean, is that really? I mean, I think a lot of people sold out Red Rock. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, I listen. I love to go to Red Rock, but I mean, it's not like it's 
they're not exactly, you know, the, the pickiest on who they allow to come in. Still, if you sell it out, it's, it's something. His nickname is The Machine. All right, we're going to take a break. You know what we have next? It's time. We're going to go back into the way back slash not so way back machine. It's the rewind. We've been promising it all summer. It's finally happening here in the last month of summer. We watched, I hope you watched, the 2006 Louisville-West Virginia game. We're going to relive all the the fun moments. The, the We'll have some serious talk about it. We'll talk about the kind of obscure moments, the bizarre moments from the broadcast, uh, some stuff we'd forgotten, stuff we remembered, stuff we may have remembered incorrectly. All that's coming your way in the next hour. It's going to be a fun, I think, I think a fun, hopefully, a fun revisiting of one of the most famous Louisville football games of all time. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do that. Coming up on the other side, it's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Friday on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show Friday. I love that you, you know, we're going to about to talk about the 06 West Virginia game. And you're like, I was going to do songs from 2006, but they all suck. They all suck. Because you don't like any music made after 2000. It was nothing or but... Or 98, I guess. It was nothing but like, uh, like Akon, uh, Justin Timberlake, which is... Which I want, which I was kind of hoping if it lasted another two weeks, it would have been the number one song at the time of this game would have been Sexy Back, which is one of the songs I do like. You know, you don't have to like the music when you play it. It doesn't have to be like all just what Trevor likes. It could just be like 2006 songs because that's what we're talking about. It doesn't have to be obscure songs from the 80s that 5% of the listenership has heard of. I, I, I don't understand what you <laughs> I know you I'm don't. Like, what, 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 what do you mean I don't have to like it? You don't have to like it. You've played songs on here before that you haven't really known. Like when you've done different themes, you're like, oh, I didn't know that group was from um, Colorado, but I played them, whatever. Oh, you're talking about the whole Hum song? Yeah, the Lumineers. Yeah, that song's, I like that catchy song, yeah. But, again, you could have just done it just for the theme of the show. But instead, is there a theme today, or is it just like... Just hollow notes. Just, just hollow notes. What, what better way to get you ready for a weekend, especially when you have to go do a bets game now? Just, yeah, you're... <laughs> Once again, work is during the break, yeah, throwing you multiple curveballs dur- here. During, not even the break, but during the segment, I get a text. Uh, our, our, my man Jim, he's a little under the weather, so short notice, he said he apologized. But, you know, so I'm going to... When we get out of here, I'm going to hop in the... The, the 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 T-Mobile and head on over to, to Southern Indiana. Maybe Start wondering if you're going to DoorDash. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've already started thinking yeah, about it. I know it. you have. I mean, I got Cattleman's again this week. I got the steak, and I got it done better cooked, by the way. You love Cattleman's. I mean, because remember, I told you the steak was good, but I asked for it, like, I underestimated the cooking style. You did. So this time, I got it, this time I got it during the, this week, I got it on Monday, and I ordered it medium, and it was uh, it was better better style, a little more, more pink in the middle like I like. It was, it was done well. Well, I'm glad. The whole, everybody listening was wondering. <laughs> People are thrilled now. They can start their weekends now. All right, let's do it. Uh, we, uh, we we gave you homework uh, earlier this week. We're going ready? to make it happen. Yeah. What do you have? What are going to do right here is go back. Way back. Way back. Back, back in time. Back into time. Oh, baby, doll, baby, doll, baby. <laughs> Steve Slayton, Steve Slayton, Steve Slayton. <laughs> what an awesome album, by the way. It's a great song. I kind of uh, want to just keep going. That album. Uh, 
If you take your love away from me, we'll play Rutgers. <laughs> we'll play Rutgers. I love at the end of the game. Well, we'll, 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 I tell you what, we'll, 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 okay. we'll talk about that in a second. Sure. There was something in the game I did enjoy. So we gave you an assignment. We've been talking about doing this all summer. We're finally doing it. Uh, we're going to do it again next week. If oh, this we goes are. Well. I, I had a great time. I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this last night. So we're at the beginning of the week, we're going to take the text line, pick this game. More people voted for this one than any other. We said we're going to watch this game, and then at the end of the week, we'll devote the second hour of Friday show to talking about it. Uh, we did a podcast a few during quarantine where Danny and I, we watched the, the Marquette-Reese Gaines game. I thought that went well. It was fun. People shared their own thoughts. It only work, It works better if you watch the game as well, but you don't have to have watched it. It's no. going to be a fun discussion because I'm sure most people listening to the show have fond memories of this date. It was November 2nd, yep. 2006. Louisville number five in the country, despite being higher ranked in the computer rankings, but the human polls loved West Virginia for some reason. West Virginia was number three in the country. For stars to lay the foundation, where were you in life at this point, Trevor? I was, I'd just gotten cable, I think like a day before. <laughs> what a first line. Because I was at, I just got cable. I was at Western Kentucky as, 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 as a freshman, uh, living, living by myself over in the apartments off Scottsville Road. And I'd been avoiding getting cable because, you know, funds were a little tight. I was uh-huh. working two jobs, going to school. You know, I had to pay some rent. You know, a lot of the rent being paid from, you know, student loans. And I, uh, so I was like, finally broke down for this game. I was like, you know, I'm tired of having to go up to Lone Star where I work out to watch these games. We had the crappiest big screen TV. Not that my TV was very big to begin with at the time. And I was like, so I'm, I'm breaking down. I'm getting cable. Uh-huh. I'm getting, so I got cable. Like the day before, I finally broke down and got my cable. So I can go home and I stay home and watch this game. So, so I'm glad I did it for this one and not the Rutgers game. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be in hindsight a little bit, but yeah. So this was my senior year of college. I was I was a freshman in college. You were a freshman. You're, <laughs> you're five years older than me. You were a freshman in college. I was a senior in college. Um, yeah. Love that comparison. Love that way to start. That's a great way to start. I was a senior. I was going to, I was wrapping up at Bellarmine. So I was living back home. And the thing that I remember most about this week, like that whole summer, I'd started doing the the original blog, the card report. I just like I went moved home. I was living with my parents. I was bored, and I was like, you know, let's. I, I kind of wanted to do like a blog for a while, and why not mix and match local sports with writing? So I started doing that in March of '06. It was like the end of my junior year. Okay. I started doing it right when we were like playing in the NIT in basketball, which is perfect timing. Yeah, but that sentence says perfect timing. Yeah, do a sports. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I remember that summer, like people started reading it a little bit more. I, I the summer I'd gone to Iowa to work for the newspaper, and like all anybody wanted to talk about that whole summer was Miami game, West Virginia game, Miami game, West Virginia mm-hmm. game, and like the date that 11-2-06 just got like branded into my brain like i still remember it to this day the miami game i think was like september 15th and for a while there it was it was branded the same way but that november i just remembered it november 2nd everybody's talking 12th, about it. by the way what it was 12th so 12th okay they, they mentioned i knew it was the third week times right? during the game last night yeah but those two games no, it, was, it was a week everybody game. spent the entire summer talking about it just just like it was such yeah. a big deal because the west virginia game had happened the year before and they'd ended up winning the big east and they had all this preseason hype and you know we were pissed about the Oh, we've been talking about the Miami game since since Kerry Rhodes dropped the interception. For sure. I mean, but the West was... Virginia game was also, like, people have been talking about it because of all the controversy, which at the time, because it was only, I think, our second Big East game, and they weren't ranked when they beat us in, in Morgantown, mm. it didn't seem like as big of a deal as it was. But, you know, we ended up not, I think we only lost to them in USF. They ran the table, won the big, and then won their bowl game. So they had all this hype going in the next year. And so that onside kick that should have been flagged because they didn't give us ample opportunity to catch the ball. Like piss us off. Like we were furious about it. And they we did lose our bowl game that year, though. 
We did. We lost to Virginia Tech. That was 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the hype going into this one was always going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were three, we were five, both were undefeated, and we knew the top two teams in the BCS standings were going to have to play each other at the end of the regular season made it just that much more of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I remember writing it at the time because I remember like driving around and seeing like kids. I, I live, my, my parents live close to Norton Elementary. I remember I stopped at the light going to class uh, at Bellarmine, driving over there, and like there was a kid wearing a Brian Brom jersey, like on the playground, like saw me. I was like wearing like a Louisville shirt, like stopped at the light and just like flashes me an L. I'm like, that wouldn't have happened five, ten years ago. Like, this was not a football. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was not a football city. And driving around, like, listening to the Pop 40 stations, like, talking about, like, go cards, beat West Virginia and all this yeah. stuff. It was the first time in my in my adult life, because I was too young to remember the, the the two great Schnellenberger seasons, but it was the first time in my adult life where it felt like I was living in a big-time football city. And just the buildup was just so I mentioned, like, giving my friend crap because he took a girl to the game instead of me at the last second. And, like, I was heartbroken because there was no way I was going to get to go to the game outside of that. Like, tickets were going for I mean, I'm in college at this point. I, w- I would have probably been willing to pony up, like, 120 bucks or something for a ticket. And there's no way I was going to get anything for less than, like, 400 bucks. Like, it was just outrageous. So the game – so I ended up watching the game from home with my dad. And I love the broadcast. It the YouTube broadcast doesn't have the part because I used to save this game on my parents' like TiVo back in the day forever. Like, yeah. wouldn't delete. Like, it. I didn't have DVR. Yeah, I couldn't afford the DVR yeah. option on my cable when I got it. Yeah. The cover. The coverage started with the the, the the call to the post playing at um at midfield. The guy that used to do it, and like the crowd just goes nuts. And remember the blackout, like the the color outs had kind of become a little bit of a theme. I, but when they asked, n- I didn't think it was going to go as well as it did. I'd never heard of them until we did the blackout. Now, I'm, you, I mean, Penn State did whiteouts, and then the, I remember the Heat had started doing whiteouts the summer before. But like, the, but the Heat only did it because they didn't want they wanted people to wear the same clothes the the the, the seats in their arena because no one was ever sitting there. Right, but they, you know they they <laughs> like, would show up for the finals. So people don't know it's our seats. Like I remember it becoming a thing right around that time because the Heat had done it during the finals when Dwayne Wade had gone off. Like that that became a big deal, and then Penn State had done it a couple of years before for football but us attempting it i remember thinking like i don't know how well this is going to go like some people aren't going like how are you going and this is 06 like it was even harder to get the message out there there weren't social media channels no. there wasn't as much internet use you, you had early fa- facebook but you had ever you had had a college id to even be on facebook at the time you had message boards yeah but not i mean a small percentage of the fan base was actively using message boards. So you just had, it, it was like word of mouth and then like saying it on the radio stations and like just getting the, you know, putting up signs, telling people the game before that you were going to do this. Putting local news or something. Petrino yeah. would ask for it. And then the first, I remember aerial shot of the crowd. Cause I'd had friends like call me and text me and say like, it looks pretty awesome. I'm like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Was blown away by how good it looked. Awesome. The blackout was incredible. It's still the best one of those that we've done to this day. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, it is, there's no, actually, there's no question. It's the best one we've done to this ever, really. I mean, we've never been able to match the awesomeness of this one, which, and then we, now we just do them so much, it's just not even bother with it. But also when I, when they showed the aerial shot, just, it, it, you get this kind of Rose Bowl feel where you see like the, all the color, you know, you'd always, always yeah. see the Rose Bowl and, I don't know why it's the Rose Bowl. It's the only one you ever really get this cool image for. Because the sunset's so beautiful. Maybe, yeah. but you always got the color schemes. Like I remember, was it? I think it was TCU in Wisconsin one year. You had the coolers all half purple and half red. And when I showed the interview, it also made me miss the old horseshoe design we have. It kind of, made, because, I kind of felt the same way too. I, and I know we were the home team, but when you saw it, you saw the all the black and blackout. I missed kind of maybe it's from being going to a lot of UK games back in the day when they had the horseshoe design. Seeing that little strip of the, uh, the 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 visiting team at the other end, like I mean, just that one little yellow band, and like when well, I go still to, there. 
Yeah, but it doesn't look the same when it's now closed all the way. It doesn't have the same feel. Yeah. Because yeah, it was always on that very end. And, and that's not just, I mean, every stadium does that. Right. It, it still looks like that now. Like, it's still, to me, know. it looks the same. It, it, just... it didn't have the same feel. And I thought that was cool. And I miss the old, I'm, I'm just, just the way the stadium's set up. I know it's got to be bigger now. And we've got, you know, Adidas up there and yada, yada, yada. And, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, the area of you looked really cool. And it made me kind of miss that, that, that look. See, I kind of miss, I didn't have that feeling. But I did kind of miss, like, how you could see. Yeah, parts of downtown. You could see Churchill Downs from like the the aerial view, like with the because it was the openings next to where the scoreboard and you was. You saw Patterson lit up at yeah, one point. Yeah, it was just, the aerial it view. looked cool, and it it also more than any of that though, it just made me miss those environments because yeah, it's wow. been at this point it's been. I know we've had good crowds, like the Notre Dame crowd for Scott Satterfield's first game was good. Still, but crowd we had. knew we were going to lose that game to Notre Dame. Like we knew we were heavy underdogs. It was more about like a new era and Notre Dame coming coming to our place. But I miss. Like big time environments for big time games where you feel like a big time program where there's like that much at stake. You know that if you win, you have a shot at a national title. Like we've we haven't had that feeling in so long, probably since Lamar's 2016 season. I guess we had that maybe for the Clemson game in 2017 because mm. game day was there and it was so early and we were undefeated. But after that, like I think we learned pretty quickly in that game that we were not going to be very good. Like since that moment, since that first quarter, that vibe has not been back at Cardinal Stadium since. And 06, it was different because it was November, too. The stakes were even higher. It wasn't, it wasn't like wait and see. It wasn't maybe we could be that good moving forward. It was we know. We're seven games into this. We win, and then we win four more. They're going to have to keep us out. Not so much opposed to, like, the Florida State-Lamar game It's that was noon on a Saturday. This is a Thursday night game. It's yeah. prime time. You know, you've got the whole spotlight on you. I mean, it's. And people have been building it up, like, for weeks, uh, I mean, like, yes. leading up to it. Yeah. I'll never forget. Especially post the Miami game, which was two weeks before it, so. There was a girl that I had class with uh, at Bellarmine who I, like, kind of, like, had a crush. Like, we kind of flirted with a little bit. I'm like, hey, you know, maybe this could go somewhere. And she showed up to class that day, like, wearing a West Virginia sweatshirt. And I was like, well, it's done. Like, that, that was it. Like, right there. I was like, I was like, I know you don't care about this half as much as I do. I'll never talk to you again. Like, I can't. I'm like, I'm. this is not a joking matter to me. This is a very, very big deal. Man has to have a code. Man must have a code. And. <laughs> The coverage of the game, I want to start with this. <laughs> this is such a big deal to us, right? This is football taking center stage, like I've talked about. This is Louisville football finally at the forefront. We've become a football city. National championship aspirations, all this stuff. Nationally, I remember Jim Rome turning on Jim Rome just because I was like, is he going to talk about the game that week? And he was. And it was incredible. The fact that they had like 17 different in-game interviews. Okay, this I thought it wasn't me, going, right? I thought it wasn't going to bother me as okay. much watching it for the, the the first time probably in full since 06. It bothered me so much. Like Patino, love him, loved him at the time, sure. <laughs> had no business being in the booth. <laughs> Lee Corso's on the phone from Orlando and he's watching obviously like on tape delay. Well, because Steve Slayton has already like finished his run. He's like, there Slayton goes. I'm like, what are we doing here? Uh, Hank Greenberg does not need to be up there talking Breeders' Cup in the first half. I mean, Tom Jackson, love him. Doesn't need to be up there. It was probably the first time I've watched the pool game as well. since I don't know if I've watched it since. Those, maybe It might have been 06. Like I said, I mean, DVRs weren't exactly the most common thing even right. in 06. And, I mean, I may have watched bits and pieces of it here and there. But from start to finish, it probably has probably been at least a decade plus since I had done that. So, I'd forgotten, yeah, all the, the, the just people coming so in. So annoying. At least Lee Corso was on the phone. And like, but he was behind in the action, which was he's like trying to like play by play the action, and he's like well, six he was seconds try, behind. And he was trying to break something down that or he just, it just happened, and they're like, "All right, we'll let you put your PJs back on and go back to bed, Lee." He also is basically like Louisville's <laughs> blown their chance. Like West Virginia's going to run away with this now. I'm like, it's seven to six, Lee. What are you talking about? 
Uh, but I did somewhat enjoy the Patino one. I mean, obviously hindsight had a lot to the enjoyment of it. He was so pissed they brought they almost lost to Georgetown College the night before. I because <laughs> they won that exhibition game ninety four ninety two. About that, yeah. Because that was this it was this was the the start it was the year after they'd gone to the NIT. This is the team that ended up they started really really slow in 06, 07, yeah. and then got better as the year went on. And then Edgar Sosa missed the free throws against A and M, and we got Billy Gillespie the UK job. It was that team, but at the beginning of the season they sucked at defense somewhat, and like they kind of bring it up half jokingly. And you know, Patino in the back of his mind is like, he's he's pissed the football team has become better than the basketball team at this point in time. This is like he's like this isn't what I signed up for. I'm the king of the what city. He was like, I called Dad Mata. I called Billy I called Donovan. Which did not happen. I, I had guarantee to ask it. Him how they how they how they handle this. I'm like, dude. And, and I love Kurt goes just joking. He's like, well, not that you need any help with recruiting, but this has to be a lo- like a plus. I'm yeah. like, Kurt, you have no idea. The foreshadowing of that statement. But Patino is like <laughs> at this point, he is. I mean, Louisville is coming off a season. They were number six in the country in 04. They were really good in in 05. Now here they are, deep into a season, number five, competing for a national title. Patino, meanwhile, since going to the Final Four in 05, has missed the NCAA tournament and damn near lost to Georgetown College in his first exhibition. Yeah. And you can tell that there's a part of him that is just like, I, I, I'm i so pissed to even be talking. He's like, I'm a, I'm the, I didn't care about football my whole life. Now I'm the biggest football fan there is. I'm like, no, you're not. No, well, no you're not. What was the other joke he said? He goes, because uh, they, they also talked about, obviously, Breeders' Cup with him. He's like, I've got friends calling me, only calling me for yeah. derby tickets, going, hey, can we get tickets to this West Virginia game? He's like, he's like I answer the phone, like, I know, I know, you want Breeders' Cup tickets. They're like, no, we want to go to the West Virginia game. I'm like, didn't happen. Didn't happen, Rick. Speaking but, of which, I got to ask you, did, 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 uh, did Lava Man win the Breeders' Cup? So I went to the Breeders' I, Cup this year. I had no idea, and they kept talking about Lava Man. I'm like, so who, did, who won? Lava Man was a beast. The only thing that I remember from that Breeders' Cup is my brother was working with Carl Nasker, his barn. And Street Sense won the juvenile. Street Sense, who would go on to win the Derby, the Derby in 07. Yeah, yeah. so I remember like calling him because I was there with I went with my friend and his girlfriend. It's kind of third wheeling it, but it was great. Like, this is like the best month of sports in my entire life, and, outside of the Rutgers game. And I, I, just, I, I bet on Street Sense heavily, and he did not go off as the favorite in the juvenile. And this was when the juvenile had the big curse going. And he won, and I won a ton of money. And I called Paul, and Paul's going nuts. But I don't even – I've got no memories well, of the I of the just classic. Googled Lava Man, and major wins, the Breeders' Cup is not one of his. I think because that was – Because the, they, they also compared another horse. They said Lava Man and someone else were like – because when Hank – is it Goldberg or Greenberg? I forget. Greenberg. Greenberg, okay. When when Hank was in there, they they were bringing up again. Obviously, and that's why he was there, was they brought up, you know, the horse race. And he mentioned – Another horse, he said another horse's name was like the blue collar version to Lava Man or something. And then Kurt made a gambling joke and Hank under his breath goes, you ain't going to win crap off either of them. I don't even remember this race. I looked it up now. It was Invasor or That was the Invasor. first Breeder Cup in Louisville since 1991. I remember Bernardini was the favorite. That and, wasn't another horse I remember hearing. Yeah, Bernardini they, came in second. They talked about Lava Man a bunch during this broadcast. It was a big surprise. They when I think it was I think it was pronounced Invasor or Invasor. I, I can't remember. By the way, Greenberg, the first I've person. I've got no memory. The, I was just so excited after the juvenile. I mean, I didn't even. The first, Greenberg, by the way, the first person in the entire broadcast when he came on, the first one to actually utter the phrase, could Rutgers be a spoiler next week? Which all the, the foreshadowing just made me so upset. And then once he said that, like, Kurt, you can like, hear in Kurt's voice, he hadn't even thought about it. Like he was like, uh, maybe. Yeah. And they, they had not even said a word about that the entire broadcast. So he brought it up. And then later on, they would bring it up again, kind of talk yeah. about it. Uh, and then obviously, then they promoted Shiano being in the in the studio. And uh, Reese Davis was like, Shiano's already taking notes that he's ready for getting ready for next Thursday watching this game. I'm like, 
I want to see the halftime show a little bit now. I want to see what yeah. he has to say. The other thing that I'd forgotten, and I should have remembered because the, the, the Breeders' Cup, which was two days later that I went to, was ungodly cold. It was so cold. I'd forgotten how cold it was that uh, for that game. That one, yeah. Like, it, it was, was yeah. ridiculously cold. I had— um, It was chilly down in Bowling Green, I remember. The only thing, other thing that I remember about the week that I mentioned, I, I talked to Brian at the beginning of the week. It was just kind of like, you know, like how, what, what are you guys thinking? And he was, I'm feeling, buddy. he was very confident. Like, he was, he's like, we're going to beat these guys. He's, he's like, the defense isn't great. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, their linebackers— he, He's like, their linebackers bite too hard on play fakes. And he struggled early in that game. Brian did? He did not. He looked rusty in that first quarter. I think quarter. he completed his first six passes on the first no, drive. No, no, yeah, he no. He did. No, he didn't. He, he, he threw two passes short to wild open receivers. That was after drive. that, after he got sacked. But he hit his, he hit his first four or five passes. No. Because he comes out, he hits Harry for the first throw, and then hits a Rudy on the second play. Um, but he came out. I mean, he threw he the ball well. He had a couple well. passes batted down. The first, they got lucky. Like I said, I had not remembered. Like, for some reason, I don't know why. I thought George Stripling scored a touchdown this game. He did. He barely played. I know he did. And that's what blew my mic. In my, I go You're thinking the, of the Miami game. Is that what I'm thinking? He takes of? a swing pass late to the house. Oh, okay. That's Miami. That's what. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought it was a Mendoza effect on me again. I was like, I could have swore Stripling scored a swing pass. Because Stripling game. played a lot early in this season and then didn't yeah, and play then much in the second yeah. and then just disappeared from. Forever okay, so it was that. a Miami game. Okay, so I had those two games mixed up in my mind. So, but yeah, in the first half, like. West Virginia has got to be thankful. We did not just destroy them. That was my other big takeaway was, like, we— The first quarter, especially, we we dropped the ball. And the whole first half. <laughs> no pun intended, because they literally dropped the ball on every occasion. And, and, you know, our first drive is killed because Scott Coon just whiffs completely on a block. and yes. ends our drive. The second one, we get the fumble, we go three and out. And in the next one, we we get a, we, we go going for a touchdown. Uh, Kobe Smith just literally falls down with no one around yeah. him. Not the first person, not the only person to do that, that in that game, by the way. Harry Harry did it later on, yeah. But Harry's was, he would have probably gotten tackled. Kobe had, was touched down. He was guaranteed. gone. Yeah, and there was nobody near him. The swing pass, or the, the screen was set up yeah. perfectly. I just, the... Those are the things that stuck out, especially in the first half, stuck out to me. Because I, I remember being so mad in the aftermath of this game, the national people who didn't want the winner of this game to have a shot to play for the national title, which that narrative was already starting going into the week. Like, you know, one lost Florida should be above them. One, the loser of the Ohio State Michigan should be above they them. Talked about Maybe them. Auburn should be above them. So they were looking for any excuse to minimize the effect of this game and the quality of play. And I remember afterwards, the, you know, the national narrative was like, all the, the, all the fumbles, all the sloppy play, all the... And, like, it pissed me off so much. And it still does, I guess, to, to a decent extent, because when you think about the the, the famous Lamar-Deshaun Watson game in, in 2016, a lot of turnovers in that game, too. But we just get to pass because superstars and better conference and all that good stuff, and Clemson was involved. But looking back at this game, it was it, it did have a kind of clunky feel to it. Oh, it was. Like, it, it never had – it just never had a, a, a big-time flow. Like, you think two explosive offenses – a lot of points scored. The final score was 44-34. <clears throat> and I always remember that that was the final score, but I kind of in my mind had forgotten that... Like, the first half was nasty? Yeah, but I felt like there was more of like an explosive back and forth. That like what, And the reality is West Virginia never really threatened in the second half. After we had the... The game ended with the Malik Jackson scoop and score and then the, the Trent guy return on the next series. Like After that, it was done. And I kind of... I, I guess I just misremembered that. I was thinking that the West Virginia put up more of a fight. And you're right. In the first half... We move the ball on them pretty much whenever we want to, and we just can't get six points. Nope. We just we get down inside the, the 25-yard line, and we have like a bad sack or a penalty or somebody drops a, p- a pass, or we in Petrino's, Petrino gets stupidly stubborn and it's like we can run right up the gut on these guys when we actually can't. And we score on, I think, five of our six possessions, but three of them we settle for field goals when we could have easily had touchdowns. And you're only up 16-14 at half, 
and you're sitting there thinking, like, I mean, we should be up 35-14 on, I mean, on these guys. Only one of our first three TDs was an offensive touchdown. That's right. Guy, and you mentioned Guy Malik Jackson. It was just, I, I'd forgotten just how thoroughly, and, and I remember thinking at the time, like, we squandered our opportunity. Like, these guys, mm-hmm. the offense is going to wake up eventually, and they're going to start putting up points like they always do, and it's going to be a shootout, and we're going to wish that we had at least two of those field goals back, and we could you know, ch- exchange them for touchdowns, which wound up not being the case. But the other thing that stood out is the vibe, or like just the the whole Steve Slayton thing is weird. Like he, from the beginning, he has the early <laughs> touchdown, but he never seems as into the game as like you should be in that moment. Like I remember him going nuts the, the year before and Pat White going nuts the year before, and they just kind of seemed like... Well, he was impactful when he was in there, well, in both good or bad, depending on your yeah. perspective. I mean, because... What, he have three fumbles in the game, I think? I think he fumbled three times and recovered his own twice. And then White fumbled early. Yeah. He gave it up trying well, to they, scramble they on the first possession. Well, they fumbled at least possession. two kickoffs. Yeah, it was just like the whole I mean, team. We, we fumbled once. I don't want to use the word, like, scared. They just it, they did not have the confidence of a team that had been so good the year before, that had beaten us the year before, and that came into that game undefeated in number three. Like, just looking at their demeanor on the sidelines, you could, like, looking back at it now, I'm like, yeah, we clearly were the better team. I don't oh, know if they yeah. just knew that, but like they look like we looked supremely confident the entire time. They looked like just like whatever. Like I, I it was and the amount of of sad or shocked Rich Rod slow close-ups had to have hit at least 15. It was just like every time like a play happens it's like Rich Rod staring into the blank abyss with his arms crossed, slow zoom in on his face. Every every series, all the time. I, I just I was I was like how they kept just emphasizing how like Slayton's hand must be hurt. I mean, it's like I think he just got benched because he's fumbling the ball. And they're like they like they're they're working with him on the sideline, and they show it, and he's just knocking this guy's knocking the ball out of his hand nonstop. And Aaron Andrews came and still can't hold on to it. She keeps saying too, like they're like, "Are you ready to go back in?" And he's like, "No, no." And he only missed most of the third quarters when he when he when he didn't come out. And then out. like when we score to go Which up, is when we really put the game away. Exactly yeah. when we score, up, I, I think we scored to go up thirty-seven to twenty-one. And Aaron Andrews is like, that's when he like throws the ball down. He's like, all right, put me in. I'm like, well, the game's over now at this point. Theoretically, yeah. If you could have had that attitude, you know, a quarter and a half ago, then that was the time to do it. Like the whole thing still is just weird to me. Like I don't know if he was actually hurt because he he didn't miss a game the rest of the season. No, and I don't think he was hurt. I think they just took him out because he's fumbling. But I mean, but, I, but the but, whole like working on his hand thing, like they I were they, they were, were clearly just, doing they were it. Using an excuse to, because they, was it just cold? I mean, I guess. Um, I mean. Braum was out there with a broken thumb. Yeah. He wasn't dropping the ball. I mean, he was. No. He, I mean, like I said, I think he looked a little rusty early on. I don't. I think we we'll have to go back and look at those stats of how he started hot. But I mean, he only he completed his first five passes. Did he? Okay. I, I didn't. I guess this didn't impact me because I thought the one he threw at the feet of. Uh, he threw one to 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 Barnes where he didn't set his feet because he yeah, looks like and I thought that was like the second or third pass of the game. Because after he gets hit, I think it changes his. He gets a little bit less confident. Okay. Well, I mean, he had like three. He had a couple of them. At least two of the next four like batted down at the line. Between two possessions, I believe he had a few of those happen. As yeah, well. he did. Which was that was kind of that was a thing that plagued Brian a little yeah, bit throughout I his mean, career. That's I mean, usually he's a little taller, but um, one of the a couple of things that really say like one thing I liked as the favorite was when uh, and this just because I went through a roller coaster of emotions watching the game a little bit. I was getting into it. I mean, I started the game around ten thirty or eleven or so it was, and it was I finished around two a.m. I almost sent you like I was gonna I didn't want to text you because I didn't want to wake you up. I was gonna send you a DM be like done. Like just, 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 just like like the time stamp it because it was like it was like two fifteen in the morning, and I was like, no, I was not done. I was like, I enjoyed. I, this was fun watching this game. I was playing a little Madden while I was watching it as well. You know, I was having a, having a good time. 
made me sad because thinking like this time next year I could actually be playing college football on the on the video game system again. Yeah. So it's come out next this time next year. So I'm looking forward to that. It made me sad. I don't have it now to play. But uh I like one of the scenes like right after the Malik Jackson uh touchdown, they go to Aaron Andrews and like I don't know if it's just maybe the the, the technology, just the difference. I mean, we've made strides, obviously, huge strides technology in just the last sixteen years. But just the you came in here. Like yeah. the, the place is so going so insane. They go down to her, ask her. I think it's about Slayton when they're when they're asking her, and like you can't hear a word she's almost saying because because they're, they're trying to drown it out. You know the crowd when they're talking to the announcers are going, but like it's so overpowering over her on the sideline that it's almost it made me smile from ear to ear. Yeah, I gotta love that. I was like I was like I can't. I mean that's just one of those moments. Like this place is just pumped. It felt like like that was as close to a like cathartic big time moment in that game as there was. I still don't think it hits the Arudia moment in the Miami game because that was like my, us and Miami had gone back and forth, and we felt like this big-time play coming. Well, the Arudia one was three years waiting for an explosion where this one was only a year waiting. Right, but like, in I'm just talking about like in that game. like yeah. the, the West Virginia game was – it had been kind of – like the, the stadium was down because Jimmy Riley had just fumbled. Poor Jimmy Riley finally gets to play a little bit at wide receiver. And do he, and do he remember Jimmy Riley? Oh, I remember Jimmy Riley. When they said the name, I, I always remember looking at myself like, who? He was like a feel-good story. He played special teams. Like, he was always – he, was one, remember of, he was one of those guys that always got brought up during fall camp. Like, Jimmy Riley looking good. Like, may get some playing time. And then we just always had a couple of wide receivers who were just better. And you could see why. I mean, <laughs> Douglas and, Several, and Rudy yeah. in this game were so good. <laughs> Um, but that like the the fumble takes the, the the air out of the stadium. People are pissed off because they think that it wasn't really a catch, and you know, Petito's going nuts yeah. at the, the play booth. And then the, lights go out. The touchdown happens so quickly, and it's like oh, like incredible. But it also it feels like just kind of like a it, it's in a sloppy moment. You've had three back to back to back fumbles, and then the Trent guy, the touchdown return, it comes. Which by the way, Pat McAfee, what are you doing? Like, like that a, wasn't McAfee. He didn't punt. No, he I, just thought, I, I wanted to make. I wanted to. I was, I was going to bring him. He kicked off, but he didn't punt. And he kicked, but he was not the punter. The punter was a freshman. Well, he should have been because that punt was terrible. I, I like thought twenty-eight that, yards. Because that's the first thing I thought when they were like when they kicked off to start the game. They mentioned McAfee uh-huh. kicking off, and then when I looked at it again, I was like, when he went, to, they did their first punt, and it was someone else's name. Well, once again, Rich Rod, awful coach. I don't know if McAfee was a senior that game or it was Scott Kozlowski. Well, Scott Kazuski, because he kicked like a 28-yard punt. <laughs> and I remember watching this live, and I was so pissed because they threw the flag like right when the ball was snapped. And I just assumed it was because one of our guys was offsides. And so when Trent Guy returns the, the punt, like I'm not even celebrating. I'm not even happy. I'm like, this is coming back. I'm pissed off about this. And I think a lot of the stadium was too. And then they wave it off. And like from that point, like the game's over. Like In, those, in that like three-minute span where – they don't take advantage of our fumble. They give it right back. We score on a scoop and score, and then we return the punt. Like we take it, we take control, and we never really give it back. Like like West Virginia doesn't threaten, and that's the other weird thing is they keep the announcers keep hammering home this rhetoric of now that they're playing from behind. We're finally going to see like Pat White have to use his arm and like, the aerial attack and how Rich Rodriguez calls a game oh, where no, they have to throw, yeah. and they just keep running the same stuff. Like they throw a little bit, but like they just and like. You know, then we get the ball and we march right down. We have these methodical drives where Petrino is, I think, pretty masterfully calling a solid mix between run and pass. Oh, trust me, Kurt. Kurt would not let you forget that the, the the play calling was evenly split. It was. It was the. I mean, he made sure to it point worked that out because I don't know if you caught this either. We every single time Brian did one of those little play fakes, their linebackers were re- like refused to stay home. Like they are. Like Brian would have to make like a. He didn't even have to do like a full on play fake. If he like looked in the direction of a running back, all three of those guys were biting so hard, and it 
the middle was wide open the entire game, and that's where Harry Douglas thrived. He hit Gary Barnage uh, like over there a couple of times. And the very first play of the game, I don't know if you caught this either, the very first play of the game, it was one of Petrino's favorite plays. And it was the, the same exact play that he used when Hunter Cantwell came into the Miami game after Brian got hurt. The play action, you, Arudio takes the his man and the safety deep. Harry cuts over the middle. You, you bring the linebackers in, strike over the middle, let Harry do his thing in the open field. Like, same exact play. And this was Brian you know, getting the, the, the flow back after two kind of lackluster performances coming back from injury. This was him getting confidence. This was, I think, a brilliant first play call uh, because it was their bread and butter. They ran it a couple of more times, and Harry was wide open again. But those, the West Virginia linebackers just refused to learn. And I think that that was the one benefit of having a system where you ran it pretty much as frequently as you threw it. They had to at least respect the run. And Colby Smith was a beast. I mean, he just, just running over dudes. And Anthony Allen, I think you saw flashes of why it would have been beneficial for all of us for him to stick around for more than a couple of seasons at Louisville. He was very good. I mean, he did make me a little sad, though, watching the thing. And, 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 and I'm reading the ticker, and I want to ask you some of your thoughts on the ticker bottom thing, too. Yeah. Sons stuck out Ouija to me, board. I was like, oh, I remember that horse. <laughs> yeah. UD Ghetto was a horse. I was like, I remember that. Uh, was that like watching going just just the missed opportunity of a national championship for Louisville football? Like, I mean, th- that was and not to be all pun. And, and you can, see, I don't know if there's Kentucky fans listening, like, oh, you're so blind. You would have. I'm sorry. If you don't think that team couldn't have competed with that team, right? They just, could have. Ohio State, 100%. If Michael Bush stays healthy, <sighs> I have no – there's no doubt in my mind. I don't care what you say. That team is undefeated in winning a national title. Because it was also perfect because it was such a weird year in football, if you look back at it. And looking at the bottom ticker, watching it, looking at the, the team names. and I'm like, Georgia Tech was ranked? Oh, my favorite part was when the ticker goes across, it says – Calvin Johnson just set a record for Georgia. <laughs> and at the exact moment, I'm on my TV. I'm watching NFL highlight films of Calvin Johnson oh. with the Lions. They were doing a marathon on there, and I had it on in the background and mute. I'm like, how weird is this? Um, but, yeah, just like, yeah, I mean, Ohio State was not that great that year. They, they were semi-down. Uh-huh. I mean, they were a decent team, but not great, if you look back on it, especially in hindsight. Uh, I mean, Michigan was number two. Florida was... Honestly, if we'd, I would have had more worry playing Florida than Ohio State. I think Florida might have beaten us. Well, in hindsight, sure, because they beat them so badly in the championship. Plus, game. Florida just with Tebow, and I mean, that's nothing against was it uh, Tory Smith, Troy. Troy Smith, yeah. I mean, they were just I think a better team. Or Meyer probably would have outcoached him too at that point in his career. I think Jim Trestle, no, Jim Trestle kept it so close to the best that they were begging to be upset in games like that against teams that were as equal as talented as they were, and we were. So I mean, but Bush staying healthy. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. We we roll through the table, and we and we and we play for the national title. And the only thing, <sighs> the only thing, and maybe this is just what I tell myself. And I know I'm repeating myself. If you listen to this on the show before podcast or whatever, the only thing that I tell myself is I still believe that they would have found a way to keep us out of the title game. Probably they I probably would have still done Florida one loss against Ohio no, State. No, see, here's what I think they would have done. I think they would have done Michigan over us because Michigan would be easier to justify because there was a push because that game in the end well, of the regular season. Florida already got in over one loss, Michigan at, at the time. But yeah. if the, if the question was Florida versus Michigan, then it was like, well, we can take Florida over a rematch. If the question was, was Michigan versus Louisville, I think that they would have because Michigan was still like ranked higher. They were two, we were three, Florida was four. So the obvious choice would have been. Like leapfrogging Florida over both Michigan and us would have been, I think, tougher for the committee to do, the BCS to do, than just having it be like a one-on-one comparison, which it wound up being. I, I still think of this day because there was a small push for this. Like, if we're trying to put the two best teams against each other, then clearly these are the two best teams. They're undefeated. Ohio State won by a touchdown at home. 
let's let them play it out on a neutral field. That's Michigan what we're trying to do. Michigan didn't beat field goal that year. It was by seven. I thought it was a field goal. It was by seven. It, okay, because that was the game with the one that question, had a questionable call in it, if I remember. But didn't it go to overtime? No. Or am I mixing that year with the you're, mix, you're thinking of the, the, the one like two years ago. The, oh, okay. The My spot bad. was good. My this bad. was – in that game, Ohio State, it was a touchdown game, but it really like – they were up by 14 most of the second half. Michigan scored late, tried to kick an onside kick. They, they, like Ohio State was clearly better. But I think that people would have used that argument, like Louisville's one law, or Louisville is playing in the Big East. They haven't played anybody as good, nearly as good as Ohio State or Michigan. And Miami also continuing to suck the rest of that season would not have helped us. They finished, I think, 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, but regardless, Miami was A, both ranked when we beat them, but B, we still would have beaten two top 25 teams, which... But you don't get credit for that in the, in the formula. I don't think Ohio State even beat three top 25 teams that year, other than, I mean, outside of Michigan. But again, like it doesn't matter where they are, where they were when you played them. Like, Miami being 6-6 yeah. six and six would have worked against us. But I'm pretty sure Ohio teams. State even that year didn't even have that great a schedule. But they would have gone undefeated. Like, Ohio State's not an issue in this. It would have been True. us versus Michigan and, I guess, Florida. I... Th- I still think in my heart arch they would have kept Michigan in that title game over us. If they hadn't, I'm with you. I think we would have, I think we would have beaten Ohio State. I think that team was absolutely good enough and maybe I'm just lying to myself, but my goodness. I mean, we could have gotten blown out for all I know, but you did tell me I think me, they would have won. But you can't, I really do. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind there would have been an opportunity in Michigan. Probably Michigan had one ranked team they played other than Ohio State that year. Who was it? Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. That was I believe one that no, that wasn't a night game. That wasn't that famous night game. No, that was that was later on. That was the only other team they and they did. Play, I'm sorry, they did play a, a ranked team in the bowl game. Yeah. Oh, USC who blew them out. Blew them out. I knew. I knew they got beat yeah. badly because I remember. I, yeah. So the other thing that stood out to me, and we'll take a quick break and come back and wrap this up. The other thing that stood out to me that made me like just upset was when they were reading down the starting lines at the beginning of the game, like how many guys we had who came back for next year's team. Like we had like one offensive guy who was a senior, and then we had like I think two of the safeties. And, Malik, and not Malik Jackson, because Malik Jackson came back. It was two of the safeties and Amobi Okoye were the only seniors on defense. And I'm like, how the hell did we go from here to not going to a bowl game a year later with, like, the most important players coming back, too? We had Brom coming back. Like, it was just it's, Harry Douglas came back. Mario Rudia came back. Like, everybody was back that you needed to be a, a national title contender, and we just got cragged, completely cragged, <laughs> ruined everything. Uh, we had a lot of personal fouls in that game too. We, yeah, that was a staple. I mean, I mean, that that, I, that, that I, part did not surprise. Again, me. there were some things that for, I got forgotten about the lights going out a little bit. I'd forgotten about the lights I'd going out. I forgot about that happening, which was really kind of cool. It was kind of um, cool, but it also like the people who wanted to disparage it as like not a big time college football environment. I feel like they were like, look at this rinky dink like stadium I mean, going it, out. You can play these, it these guys are fumbling on, everywhere. So I mean, the well, the on field stuff is is a different. Like there was a lot of that nationally. Like this is not big time college football. Like this is and it was at the time I'm like, you know, get out of my face. And in hindsight, I'm like, yeah. Eh, what, what was the? I wish they'd been a little. I know bit we got to take a break, and I, would, I want to talk a little bit more about this when we come back. But funnest thing you saw on the ticker on the bottom ticker. I don't know if you caught this. I did, and it made me smile from also from ear to ear. I just I kept getting distracted by the the horse racing. That was that kept showing that a lot, and they always kept. And of course, they showed the upcoming games for the week, which Ohio State was playing Illinois. Uh, they got a game in that game, by the way. Illinois. I remember Michigan was playing Ball State. That was yeah, one Michigan that I was playing Ball State. My favorite thing across the bottom is just random. Other than the uh, seeing the Seahaw, uh, the the promotion for the uh, Sonics and Lakers game coming up on Friday night. Uh, or the uh, Monday night football game between the Raiders and Seahawks. Can Randy Moss and the Raiders win a third in a row? Across the bottom, announced today, Western Kentucky moving from D2 to D1. Oh, I, I, I didn't catch that. I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was randomly on there. It wasn't like on the rotate, normal rotate. It randomly popped up at one point, and I saw it, and I was like, While you were Hillsopper. Awesome. I was Because I remember going to some of the meetings there. People were against it. Most of them because they thought it was going to raise the, the student loans and, mm. and prices, but... 
Yeah, it was it was seeing that and I was like, that is awesome. Available for Sun Belt Championship in like two years. I'm like, hey. Um, <laughs> I was thinking break when we come back. I've got a couple other notes that I want to get to. We'll wrap this discussion. Maybe should take take some text as well. It's the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. I'm going to respect uh, Sundown, grabs the mic, and does this next verse. Okay. And he gets enough. Never, never sure, we don't have the last time. We have a short show today. Okay. We have more thoughts to get to. If we want to like, get any of our thoughts in about the West Virginia game that we want to get in, uh, we're not gonna, we can't spend three minutes listening to You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Sorry. Can't. One thing, speaking of music, one thing that I wanted to get to, we had this discussion probably like a month and a half ago, and you had no recollection of this because you were off the grid at this point in time. But the early, <laughs> the early 2000s, the early mid-2000s, like that whole decade, it was a decade where we had like local rap songs being made about UFL football. Yes. And I told you, that it was like a theme. We had No Fly Zone. We had Are You Ready? We had Are You Ready Part 2. We had We Into Liberty Bowl back in the late 90s. I guess that was the early 2000s. And I'd forgotten this until I watched the broadcast. It was played. I saw this. They, but this was like this was a song specifically made for this game. Oh, was it? Well, it didn't even say the name of the song. It just says Bill it, Billy. Which I... I've noted that too. It yeah. said in quotes the Vilbillies and had the yeah. music, which led me to believe that whoever was producing the, the broadcast thought that the Vilbillies was the name of the song. Had no idea like who the artist was. Just thought <laughs> they're like, I don't know what's going on. They're like, we don't know either. Let's just play this. But it was like they rap for a little bit, and then at the end, it's like it's the showdown in the Ville. Like they made that song specifically I, for the West I think Virginia. Even the game. announcers played it off like they were like celebrities coming out or something. They had no they, idea. They, they, they had no idea. They had what no say. idea what was going but, on. <laughs> I mean. I think Kurt was off his game in this one. Like he's he didn't seem like he was getting his bringing his A game for this broadcast. What a time to be alive. Code red, the Vill, I look like a Villbilly right now. That's who I look like in this oversized orange Cassidy shirt, by the way. That's what I look like. You had young <laughs> Nick, B Sim. B Sim still still making great music to this day. But like all these people making get down click. You had whoever was doing, I can't remember the name of the group that did uh, the original uh We in the Liberty Bowl or We Roll into the Liberty Bowl. The less known but equally fantastic sequel like it was a fantastic time to be a louisville slash local rap fan it was great well what else what is this is this like motown slash something underneath the production of it i, I remember seeing it said i didn't Mo- write it down but you're i think you're right i wish i had written down too because it said motown slash slash something and i was like motown slash it was like it was like i, I can't remember what the other word was now it was some other like corporate factor it was uh, a great moment 
Yeah, it was. But when I saw, I thought of you too. I was like, that's not. I forgot up, they yeah, made that song specifically for that. It's the showdown in the view. Which, which by the way, came back from a commercial break. Which we, the I, I, I asked you this before going into last night. I was like, are the commercials going to be on it? You didn't think so. I didn't think so. But when I saw it was three hours and thirty minutes, I was like probably. Well, there was a lot of scoring in the game. Yeah. I mean, it was. But but yeah, it did have all the commercials and. I don't know about you, but the commercials were a fun part of this broadcast for me. I love the fact that, that first of all, the game was being brought to you by Singular Wild Wireless, which was wonderful. <laughs> what about what about the Nextel walkie-talkie uh, cell phones? Remember those? Well, yeah, the, the crazy thing they about— They were popular for like a year, which, which and was I, in 06. I had the same experience when I watched the 03 Marquette basketball game a few years ago. I guess because now, like, I don't pay attention to— Like, when commercials come on, I'm looking at my phone or I'm fast-forwarding if there's a buffer. Like, Same here. But back in the day, you had there was no escape. Like, you watched commercials. You remember them. So those commercials on both those broadcasts, like, I remember them. Like, they were— It, it blew my mind that some of those were from 16 years ago because I remembered, like, like the— um, Speaking of singular wireless, the whole like uh, when his call drops. Oh, they, and he's yeah, like, that, I'm, that's one of my notes. He's like, I, he's like, I'm so happy that I'm the only man in your life. He's like, baby, <laughs> is it Earl? Is it Earl? Cat got your tongue. Earl got your Earl tongue. Earl got your tongue. <laughs> like I remember that like it was five I, years ago. I laughed like it was. I mean, I was. Like, <laughs> Earl got your tongue. Now, keep in mind that was they only played once and it Did played it? later in the broadcast. I saw that. I saw it today. And it was it was later in the broadcast, so it was you know keep in mind when I saw this, I was you know. Five bowls in about one in the morning. Okay, and like, guy so, loves cereal. But, yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I'm like, I'm like, you know, Seinfeld. And but I was like, and I just it made me, I laughed so hard when he said, "Is Earl got your tongue? Cat got your tongue? <laughs> Earl got your tongue?" I laughed like I'd seen it for the first time ever. I just could not stop laughing. I remember that one was so good. Great. The the I think it was dominant. The Brooklyn style pizza. Oh yeah, the one you know, like with these awful New York accents, like. You call that a fold? Did, did, I'm like, did, what are we doing? Did you notice Gillette's using the same commercial they were? Six, they yeah. have not changed it. You don't mess with success. It's the, <laughs> the Gillette motto. It's the same one. Um, the other, of course, I think, and we brought this up. You said, yeah, I think you put it on the Cardinal Notes. U of L Women's Basketball. And it played about three or four times. I only saw it once. I, they, it did a couple of The old lady going, I go. And then I like the, I love it when my dad takes me. It's so bad. It's, it's the oh, it's awesome. So this was U of L women's basketball. It was a commercial for season tickets, and this is the 06-07 season. So it's the last season before Jeff yes. Walls gets here. Yeah, I had to and, look that up too because I couldn't remember exactly. And times have changed. Uh, we'll just say Ooh, that like man. the the production value is not great. <laughs> they're at like they're not even they're not at, at Freedom Hall the Yum Center. They're at uh, what was it? Well, well, they didn't. Even, well, they used to play their old games. I guess they did show clips. They did show the the team at center court. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, no, the end is the kid in the sweater vest. Yeah, God, <laughs> it's gonna be a big year. It's gonna be a big year. <laughs> and I can't crack me. They up. advertise the prices. Where's which, that kid now? <laughs> it's forty dollars for a season ticket. Yeah, which is eighteen, 18 home games. games. Yeah, barely more than two dollars per per game, <laughs> or a family four pack for ninety dollars. My goodness, how things have changed I, for I, the better for the for the program. I mean, yeah, thankfully we're we've gotten so good that we can't charge. We don't have to charge that much. But and that was actually a decent team. I looked back up at the stats; they were trending in the right direction. That was a team that had been that was went to in the the kid in the sweater vest wasn't wrong. They went to the tournament and went to the second round. They, it was like the second time where they won a game in the tournament. They went well. They got the tournament year before and got beat in the first right. round as a nine seed, and then this year they went to the tournament. I asked you this. Uh, you, I didn't tell you the answer yet. Can you name the coach I of that team? I, the, the I, had, thing is, I had to look this up. Don't get me wrong. And it took me a minute to Google because it wasn't like you couldn't just go to like uh, Walls' wiki page right. 
and see it. I had to like Google Louisville women's coaches to find this guy because he left for I think I want to say South Carolina or was it USC? You're in the you were right the closer the first time. <sighs> Just tell me Arkansas. That's right. You know, that's right. So where, by the way, he only went to one tournament in six years. The sad thing is, like, so with most of stuff, like, from this time period, like, it's usually in my mind somewhere. And when I look it up, like, it can, it'll jog my memory. I but no, I remember I no memory of this guy. But when I wrote the, the, the page, the chapter of my book about Jeff Walls, I was going back and looking at, like, where the program was before he took over. Mm. And I had zero frame of reference, which just goes to show, like, how little I think most Louisville fans were paying attention to women's basketball back at that point in time. Like, I'd forgotten that Angel McCautry was there when Walls got, when Walls yeah, arrived. she was, uh, she was on a that sophomore. team. Yeah, she would have been a sophomore his first year. Like, I just, it was all, like, I was trying to new find information her, to I was me. trying to find her in the huddle. Well, when, what's the guy's name? Oh, it's Tom Collin. Tom Collin. See, again, like, would never I kind that. of remember, but, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten if you just, if I'd sat here all day thinking about it, I would not have gotten He had been there, uh, I mean, him leaving for Arkansas was the best thing to happen to us. No kidding. Uh, we it's like Lalo Prado leaving for USF. We would. We were a six seed in that tournament. We got to the second round. We got beat by Arizona State in the second round. So Man, that was uh, yeah. But you're right. I mean, I couldn't honestly without even looking that up. And I may remember this name for a few weeks, but probably forget it after that. I still can't name you another women's coach we ever had other than Jeff Tom Collins. I, I can't either. I mean, yeah. The other you mentioned Jimmy Riley being a name that you totally forgotten. The other name because most of those guys like. Even that was like, the only name that stuck out to me. Even the guys on the sidelines, like I'd see the, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot all about you know Brandon Cox or you know these guys. Like I remember Corey Getchy, the punter, the one that I just had totally forgotten about, and he catches a pass in this game was Corey Compton. I'm like, oh my god, oh, wow. Corey I must, Compton. I must have missed that play because I don't even remember that name. Corey Compton and his long hair. I was like, that was a, a vintage, just classic, like mid 2000s wide receiver that I never would remember if I hadn't watched this. But it was just, it was awesome seeing those guys and remembering. Like I'd for, I remember that Jimmy Riley did something to make up for the fumble in he that did. game. I thought that he scored, but he didn't. It was like that long pass later where Brom hits him and he's just he's oh, and they all bring by it himself. Up too. They talk about yeah, it. but I, I remember that there was a retribution moment, but in my mind, I thought it was him scoring a touchdown, but it wasn't. But he still, it was nice to see him have that play. It was kind of weird. Also, that I remember thinking it was the connection of that, you know, Bill Russell, we lost to unfortunately Bill Russell this week. And when we were talking to Rick Tino, Red Arbach had right. just right before that, that game, and they talked about him as well. Uh, during the commercial break, some of the other fun, obviously uh, the Applebee's commercial with the chef, but I still don't know who that is. Taylor Florence. Is that who, I, had to, I, I had to Google who he was because no he kept coming up like he was this big well, deal at this point in time. And I'm like, was there a period in time where I knew who this guy was? I, I Googled Taylor Florence. I'm like, because he's like, he's like, He's like, you might know me for make, cooking a thing or two. I'm like, do I? Like, I no, I didn't. I'm like, are you on TV? And like, I Googled him. And then Bear Grylls, all those commercials. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was something that stuck out. I had to write them down because I noticed them. Four different movies had trailers during this broadcast. I saw Babel. That's the one that okay, I saw. Okay, I was going to ask you if you could name the four movies. Babel was the last one, by the way. See, when I was watching last night, I skipped over most of the commercials. I think I watched the first two, and well, then I skipped over them because I was like, I'm not going to be able to watch all this. And then today, I watched the like the third and fourth quarter. And commercial. some of them I did do. Like, I'd skip some commercials. Like I would just do the 10-second skip, just but I'd want to see what commercial was playing, and then I would skip past it, but I didn't feel like watching it, uh, which I did a few times because the commercials I remembered. Uh, Babel was one. The first trailer, Casino Royale. <laughs> I did not see that. Next was Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond, nice. And the shortest trailer of all, which came just was like one small clip and coming tomorrow night, the Santa Claus 3. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I, I probably wasn't even sure there was a Santa Claus 3. I've only seen one of these movies. Blood Diamond's the only one I've seen. I saw Babel. I've seen Blood Diamond. I, don't remember, I vaguely remember Babel. I remember I got it on Netflix back in the day when they used to send you the discs. Blood Diamond I watched on like my bootleg site. 
that's, that's what I watched. <laughs> Blood Diamond was a good movie. Oh, I actually like Blood Diamond. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I watched it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what uh, what else stood out about the. I'm trying to think of commercials. The, ne- the next, the the next, the next Milwaukee Talkie cell phone one. Stuck out. I did enjoy not seeing a ton of like social media type uh, yeah. commercials because it wasn't you know. Or like even investors or internet type stuff, website commercials that we see now so often. Um, you didn't see a lot of those. Just a couple like processor, a couple com- car commercials. Um, I'm trying to think, nothing else really stuck out commercial wise because I mean it's been a while, but not that long. Yeah. Um, the the cell phone stuff was funny just because how how much we have advanced in such a short time. And they all look so different. It was just yeah, like yeah. It definitely was wild. The uh, like the only other thing that I really enjoyed about watching a game like this was. Like anytime, and I find myself doing this all the time when I watch like old games where I know we win. Anytime they showed like a cocky West Virginia fan early in the game after they score when they take the lead, I'm like, oh, buddy. I'm like, like I just, I lived for the sad West Virginia. Like when we go up 44 27, like they're just, they know it's over. They're so sad. They made this trip. They thought they were going to blow us out. And they're so pissed off. And they're so sad. Like it was just, I loved, I ate it all up. And I also remember how much that at that point I wanted us to hold on by that margin or lengthen it because. Like forty four twenty seven, we need a style point at that point, right? Like we're we're trying to win a national title. Yeah, forty four twenty seven, or even better, like fifty one twenty seven against the number three team in America would have looked so much better than forty four thirty four. Because like even now, sixteen years later, knowing going into that game, knowing that the score was forty four thirty four, I was like, did they kind of make a run in the second half? And they never well, really did. I, I would have really surprised. What I didn't remember was how much we struggled in the first half. Because in hindsight, looking back at it, I knew I remember, it was tied at halftime. See, I'd forgotten about that because I knew we were at forty-four. I knew we, I knew the final score, as you said, like it's one of the scores that rings a bell, like, for sure. Like forty-four forty against Boise State in the in the Liberty Bowl. Um, I always remember thirty-one-seven Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's, there's, some games just kind of stick out to score twenty-six twenty against Florida State. Um, but like that one, I, I kind of I guess because I I had to score in my mind, and I knew they had scored late to, to narrow it. That I just. We, I, I was thinking we'd blown them out, or like you said, kind of going into it. I, in my my memory, had it being like this back and forth shootout, which never really happened, which it was not even close to. So I mean, like watching us, and that was kind of helped me get. I was getting into the game. I know we win, obviously, which is helpful. But it, you know, I was getting into the kind of the first half with the the way it was kind of a, a, a dog fight, really, yeah, and, and sloppy, but a dog fight in the lesson, very close in that first half until we blew it up. With that return, uh, inter- uh, fumble return for touchdown really opened the floodgates on them. Because like, in my mind, I was thinking that there was some point where it was like, I don't know, they got within a single score of us. And the reality is, no. like, we're up by, like, we're up by double, basically two possessions the entire game, the entire second half after we take the lead, and like their late touchdown only makes it look better than it was. Like there was the, the game wasn't in, like, wasn't close. After we scored to go up seventeen, it's it's done. And it's just one of those misremembering things. You you remember that how dynamic both offenses were. You remember that there were, you know, what seventy eight total points scored. And so I just kind of was thinking that there was this back and forth. And it outside of them scoring on the Steve Slayton play, and then us coming back and scoring the next possession, and them coming back, like th- there really wasn't any sort of gigantic offensive back and forth. Like they never just got it clicking. No, that drive after we went up thirty fourteen, the drive was the Slayton out get drive. I mean, that was like almost a nine minute drive for them. And they like they, they, which nine can, minute drive for for Princeton, for West Virginia that time is like six drives. Well, you could them. tell they had no idea what to do without no. Slayton. It was right. like we, we can only do so much with Pat White. They're going to zero on him. Also, it's hard to get the ball in Darius Reynolds' hands in like non like 
total untraditional reverse yeah. type ways. And then Owen Schmidt can only do much as the primary back. It was like Tim Riggins when he takes over. At I forgot about another Owen friend Schmidt. of mine. Oh, I hadn't. I remember how much I hated to do that. No, I Oh, he bangs I, his head into his helmet until he bleeds. Awesome. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I looked up Owen Schmidt during this game, by the way, to see what he was doing. Sorry, he had a couple of Owen Schmidt smokehouses that closed down in 2015. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd forgotten about, but I'd also forgotten. Yes, I hated him as well when he was around. Like, I just forgot about him at this point. Though. He's an assistant high school football coach in West Virginia now, which is the role that he was born to live. You could have, I, I honestly don't know if you're telling the truth or joking. No, he is. One, either one sounds 100% true. He ran a couple of restaurants that ended up closing because he said he was doing too much of the work. Um, and then he now is coaching high school football. Well, probably, probably got closed down from the health department from banging his head on the wall. I mean, just <laughs> classic, just West Virginia meathead. Like, cool, you're making yourself bleed and giving yourself a concussion. That's the dumbest thing. They only mentioned him like one time, and they're like, he's like the uh, the walk on. He's that, and they're like, you don't even hear from him the rest of the game. Yeah, like, he's completely disappears. He was kind of a beast, but also annoying. I mean, did he get did he get drafted? He played in the NFL for a couple years. I, I saw that on his I think he's. I think he lasted three seasons. They were still. Using, he did get drafted. That fullback position was still semi being used in the NFL at that time. Yeah. All right. We talked over the top of the hour. We got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll take some texts on this game. We'll have a short show because we got to get out of here at five twenty-five. I got to get out of here. Yeah, you know. We're running you guys about our friends over at AirServe though. If your AC goes out this summer or the heat goes out during the winter and you need somebody to help you fix, maybe it's the middle of the night, maybe it's the early in the morning, and no other places are open. AirServe's always going to be open for you. They've got technicians available 24-7. You can give them a call today, or you can visit their website at airserve.com backslash Louisville. That's A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. AirServe HVACs or EMTs for your HVAC. That's who they are. It's what they do. We love our friends over at AirServe. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on It's okay when Hall and Oates says it. <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know? Hall and Oates Friday here. It's after five. Hopefully your weekend's off and running. I think I've told you this little tidbit about this song. You'll stop me if I have. The song, uh, the song Sarah Smile, you know, by Hall and Oates. That's I'm, I'm familiar. Sarah Allen, who was, was uh, Daryl Hall's like longtime girlfriend, never married, but labored together for like 30 years. She, she and he wrote most of all their songs together. And she actually wrote this song. It was called Rich Boy about him. Oh, you've told me this before. Because she was annoyed about something. I don't know what he was doing. And, and like, I don't, this may be a rumor, but like supposedly, yeah, that was the original name. And he loved the song so much, but he was like, I can't sing Rich Boy. So he just, just changed the lyrics slightly to Rich Girl. And there you have it. There you go. But it's, when you listen to the lyrics, like, She's actually writing this about him. It's kind of weird to think about. You've told me that before. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot it since the last time you said. Uh, hopefully your weekend's off to a fantastic start. It is. Uh, it's after five. It's time to drink. It's time to have a good time. Trevor, big plans this weekend or just a, well, I know you have to work now. Well, just tonight. Just tonight. Just tonight. Uh, Go bets. 
Oh, no, this week? <laughs> Go back. I'll be betting on the game. Um, now I'll be watching the Hall of Fame ceremony. Did you watch any of the game last night? I watched none of it. I, I, I thought it, it was delayed. I turned it on during the rain delay, and I left it on for a little bit uh, while I started watching. Well, actually, I would left it on, on mute while I finished season two of uh, Game of Thrones before I watched the Louisville game. So, uh, but yeah. yeah I, Rob I, Stark does. Say what? Rob Stark does. Uh, no, that's in, that, I, I said in the season two, I had Blackwater I'm just letting you know night. what happened. Oh, Battle of Blackwater's good. Spoiler. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to die. What? You know nothing. What's his name? Son dies. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> poor Tyrion gets no respect. Love Tyrion. I love too. But so I watched. Um, oh, but I did watch. So I had it on for a little bit, and then, but not a whole lot. I didn't. You know, I saw the highlights later on, but that's about it. My favorite part. But I will be watching this ceremony Saturday. I, I love it, even though they're trying to ruin it. All they can do yeah. to ruin it. But I will be watching on Saturday. You know, this class is kind of weak. It, it, nobody cares about the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just cur- like, Bryant Young, I don't think, is a Hall of Famer. I don't know why he's getting in. Can I say something real quickly? It's just because you brought it up now and I kick it in my head. Okay. I don't know if you've had the same feeling re-watching Game of Thrones, but watching it, because I watched it a couple of times before the last season, yeah. multiple times, I found Joffrey to be like hilarious in hindsight. It's, and in the Battle of Blackwater Bay, I think it's the one where he's like, they say Stannis never smiles. I'll give him a red <laughs> smile so from hard. ear to ear. Like I watched the second time, like I was laughing my ass off. I'm like this guy's hilarious. The best part about that scene that just stuck out to me is that he says it like expecting people to laugh. Exactly, and they all just look at him like he's like. I, I, I thought it was the most clever thing in the world. Anybody, dude. it's such a perfect casting job. Like, they pick, they picked the most hateable kid in the world. Uh, he's so and the, great, and the guy nailed the role. Like, it's oh un- yeah, unbelievable how good he is. Because I, I guess I guess it's because you know he's going to die. Well, spoiler, but, but the fact he dies, they, they make you wait till season four. And it's not like it, like they make you his sit there and wait for like it, three years for that. It's not satisfactory either. Like I want, I think everybody wants to be worse than it was. It's bad, but it's not like you want him to. I mean, the poison kind of. But you also like don't know bit. who did it, and like you know, you kind of want him to be dismembered and stuff. You don't more. find out who did it till the very end either, right. as well. But um, I did. Yeah, yeah see, he's I'll not, give him a red. Smile. You're you're kind of right. Like as I've gotten to the first two seasons again. One, I still am, and Arya's still my favorite character no matter what. I love, that's why I named one of my dogs after her. Not going to hate you for that. Um, the other one, Khaleesi I like, but I just like the name. I always thought the name was kind of cool. That's why I gave it to my Jacaris. other dog. But the, uh, yeah, I like, I, I've not been as, like, the first time I watched it, yeah, like, jo- Joffrey, like, and I'm not saying he's a good person, but, like, I wanted him to die so bad. Like, now you're exactly. right. It's almost like he's become a caricature of himself where I'm still, like, hating Sansa's character. Like, I'm just still, like, annoyed to death by her. <laughs> I mean, I know she gets a little hard. You know, she gets cool later on, but man, yeah, she's so she has moments. She's so annoying in the first two seasons. We have to get out of here at five twenty-five, so we'll uh, we, we spent the last hour talking about the doing our rewinder segment, talking about the two thousand six West Virginia blackout victory. If you want to get a head start on next week, I think we will do the two thousand one East Carolina game. I think that'll be fun because. I remembered so much about this game going into it. This one I don't remember hardly. Is it on? Is it on the? West? It's on YouTube. Okay, so we're going to have to find it. But like, I'm with you. Like, I remembered so much about the West Virginia game going into it. There were some things that I misremembered or that I'd forgotten about. Hey, miss, hey, but man. this ECU game, like, I have very little recollection of it. I'm really excited. I know the final score, and that's about it. So I'm I don't excited even to watch the final it. score. I mean, 2001. It's close. That would have been. Like it's 24 20. Still Ragone, uh, Lavelle Boyd. I think we had. This is the receiver. team that wins the conference USA and then goes and beats BYU in the Liberty Bowl. Luke State, which I was at that game, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. So if you want to get a head start, if you have nothing to do this weekend, you want to, you know, you may run out of time next week. 
that's the game we'll be doing. Uh, we'll make that happen. But we'll I'm take on, some I'm text. Like, I want to save mine to watch it on Thursday again. Go for it. Like yeah. Thursday throwback day. It was Why fun. Not? It was fun last night doing that. I had a good time, too. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take a few texts here uh, before we get out of here. Texter says, if you remember the Dean's Milk Jug, how could you forget the Dean's Milk Jug? Oh, nobody. Incredible. Yeah. Now, they, you didn't get that commercial during the broadcast. Though. No. But he says, if you remember the Dean's Milk Jug, I raced it on the field during a timeout in the third quarter of this game. Oh, my God. I got a Dean's Milk jersey, and I wore it to school the next day, not even as a free dress day. I was the talk of the fifth grade at St. Margaret Mary. <laughs> nice. That's an incredible story. That's awesome. Race the chug on the field at the blackout Isn't game. It a jug? Well, it's Dean's Milk chug a lug. Oh, yeah, okay. We called, We had a mascot on, on Car Chronicle back in the day. We called it uh, Ch- Chug uh, Schnellenberger. It was well, like watch a, it now. I don't want to do a gen over here. Like it was right a here. milk. It was a milk. Dean's Milk jug. Uh, Hybrid with with uh, Howard Schnellberger. It was incredible. Schnilk Chuggenberger. I assumed that the Texas was going to bring up the whole free ticket with them with the buying the Dean's milk thing that everybody always brings up. Texter says, and we did. He this person did text this in before we actually talked about. It. He said the, the thing that was me for me that was insane about this was WVU had Pat McAfee kicking but not punting. Yeah, it's nuts. Once again, in hindsight, he took over as punter after that season. The, the I just look up that guy punted as a freshman and a senior only. What was Rich Rodriguez doing? I don't know. How do we not figure out far earlier than we wound up that he was not a great coach? Because it took him flopping at Michigan and then at Arizona and then a bunch of sexual harassment charges for us to be like, maybe this guy wasn't God's gift to football. Maybe it was just <sighs> Pat White and Steve Slayton being in a backfield and playing like the Madden yes. offense where you just run read option every single time. Well, he was just ahead of his time. Like Urban Meyer was doing it, but no one else. Like, I mean, you just had two ridiculous athletes. There's one, yeah, and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, not everyone, like, you know, now you see majority of, but a very smaller percentage of teams were running that spread that spread offense at the time. Texas, I agree with you all on, on all the guests, but the craziest thing to me was that we used to get Herbie in the booth on Thursdays. Thursday night games used to be such a big deal. Now the NFL owns Thursdays. It's so true. Like, they used to, they, they would purposefully schedule big time Thursday night games going into a season, and now it's like, you get like AAC games, which every now and then are okay. But it wasn't just Big East. I know Big East was on the, the low man on the totem pole in the Big conferences. Big East did a lot of Thursday night, though. Big like, East and ACC used to do a lot of They Thursday did, night. but like also like USC played on a Thursday night when they were number one in the country. Yeah, Remember Fresno they, State game. Th- no, not the Fresno State game. They lost to um, it was, it was um, Oregon State on a Thursday night game when they were number one in the country back in the day. The, the Fresno State game was a Saturday night game. Um, they didn't lose to Oregon State on a Thursday, did they? Either they lost or they... They might have got a game. I don't think they lost to Oregon State. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, anyway, we're not, we don't have time to look I don't have time up. to look up, yeah, but go, yeah. But that was like, I remember they would have, like, you would have big-time deal. Like, you would have teams going into a season that were preseason top 15 that were playing each other on Thursday yeah. nights, and now it's just kind of like throwaway whatever games. Well, I remember just I remember just games as Thursday nights that stuck out to me. One, I remember Louisville playing North Carolina on Thursday night, that game with Mac Brown when we lost that game to him. Uh, they ended up going ahead of us on a, on a touchdown pass that we got a... a uh, uh, what's the crossing the line? The, the, the offsides. offsides, thank you. And they ended up scoring on us. Uh, remember, we played Oklahoma, I think, on Thursday night at one time. Did we? I'm pretty sure that was uh, the Bob Stoops year, the year before they won the title. We I remember them. playing them on a Saturday for sure. Maybe that was a Saturday. I know North Carolina for a fact was Thursday. You had, South Carolina, Kentucky played, it felt like a bunch of times on Thursday. But the Thursday night games that always stuck out to me, other than the one we just talked about, FSU. was the FSU West uh, Virginia game, Tiki Barber, and also the Miami West Virginia game. Yeah, and the guy runs over. Runs the, over. Yeah, yeah, the tight end. Um, that one always stuck out to me. As yeah, well. I mean Miami was the height of football at that time. They're playing on Thursday night. Yeah, like that was a big time. No, deal. The big, I think the Big East ACC kind of had their 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 fingerprints on the ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
I mean, we and we played a bunch of Thursday night games back in the day. Of course, I mean, hell, we played I mean, the next week. We played Rutgers yeah, Thursday I mean, night. Right? Game. Yeah, we did. Uh, Texter says, I don't know what this means. <laughs> Temecula, how much Mitch album crapped all over this game? I don't even know what this means. That By the way, USC that year, oh six did lose to Oregon State, but it was on Saturday. Was it? For some reason, I remember them playing. I know they played them on a on a Thursday night when they were number one. They might, but yeah, they lost. Actually, ironically, lost to them at Oregon State, thirty three thirty one that year. Texas says, Scott, we don't ask for much, but please get the program back in the national title discussion. <laughs> you know, that starts. Got to be serious. Got to be serious. Got to be serious. That's all we ask. Not, we don't ask for much. Texas says, are you going to acknowledge, and I did actually write this down, that WVU had a John Holmes. W, say, oh, did they? He was the guy who beat Scott Kuhn for that first sack. Oh, was that his name? I didn't even catch his name. His yeah. name is John Holmes. Yeah, he nah. also got run over by Colby Smith later in the game. <laughs> John Holmes. What was the, remember the UK golfer that changed his name because I guess he didn't want to get associated with the name John it's Holmes? J.B. Holmes. He's a yeah. PGA golfer. He yeah. was like, I don't want to be associated. Like, why wouldn't you want to be associated with John Holmes? That's a cool guy to be associated with. Yeah, but the jokes are just. Things. I mean, other than the fact, you know, the Wonderland thing. Well. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good one. But <laughs> Takes a stupid question, but what is the difference between a great offense and a bad defense? Uh, say what? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, a great offense is going to score on on a good or bad defense. A, a bad offense, a bad defense can shut down a good a bad offense. I'd forgotten too that we were. That's confused. I got yeah. confused myself <laughs> even saying that. I'd forgotten too that going into that game, like West Virginia was obviously the number one running team in the country. We were number eight in rush defense. I'd forgotten that that was a storyline. It wasn't just like these two teams have great offenses and crap defenses. We had. We were a really good defense that year as well. I think we were also. I think they were like what, like what number one or two in scoring per game. We were like two or three. We were up there. We were right there because we. They said they mentioned they they averaged like forty one a game. We were like thirty seven or something. Sounds right. Because we had kind of tapered off later, like when when Brian got hurt. Because we almost lost to like Syracuse and Cincinnati. The week Cincinnati this game. was the game main game we almost lost to. Cincinnati yeah. was the game where they had a shot in the end zone. Yeah. Syracuse was the game where he got hurt. Uh, the year before. That's Brent, what Brent, I was thinking. You met Brent Silic on former great. And that since team was not great. They had a good defense, but they had a shot. They had a pass in the end zone in the last play of the game that would have, you know, would have won. And I remember like just breathing a sigh of relief because they were, they almost ruined the whole damn thing. I think that team actually since that team I remember I did go like eight. I think they had eight or nine wins that year. And they're okay. I mean they were decent. The Big East overall. I mean people I remember I got told you I was worried about that South Florida game after the Rutgers loss. I mean that was still an eight and five South Florida team. Yeah. I mean they were seven and three when we played them that week. Yeah, Texas Trevor needs to be mandated to watch Friday Night Lights the TV series. I can't believe you haven't watched it. To be honest, it does seem like a show you would like and quote. No, now, now it's like my T.J. Walker fast food burger. I'm like, I've gone this long without watching it. Now maybe I feel like I do enjoy the movie and the book. I mean, you would if you did, you'd like. But the, the TV show. show's not even anything to doubt that. It's just the premise is just high school football in Texas, right? Pretty much, yeah. It has nothing to do with either the book or tell the movie. No, it's set in like a. It's it's loosely based on like the type Odessa, Texas. Yeah, it's, but it's Permian. It's the good. Varsity Blues is loosely based on Friday Night Lights. I, it's, it's, you can't compare Varsity Blues to this. It's very different. Just saying the pre- it's still based on it. Kind of. Uh, Texas, would you be open to hire Urban, hiring Urban Meyer if you wanted a local job? No. We're both cleared. I throw it here now. Yeah, I can't stop. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, I don't. I didn't even hear all I heard was Urban Meyer hire, and I say no. Nope. Nope. No. Not happening. He's okay. never get another job after what happened in Jacksonville. Shouldn't. Probably will. Probably. I mean, he might, but I doubt it. Texas, where's Jenna? Mondays and Wednesdays. She could have come in though. She we are off Wednesday. We said you can come this Thursday, Friday. Looking in the jail. She chose not to. Like where's? She's like curiosity. You know where she's at? <laughs> uh, Texas says Tom Collins was the U of L women's coach. His assistant Greg Collins is now the head coach at Western Kentucky. No, oh, interesting. There you go. Okay, I know that. Texas most fun for a U of L football game that I've ever been to, including the Sugar Bowl. Being a U of L student at the time, tailgating all day at Old Cardinal with friends, 
Brahms Douglas, the Slayton fumbles, revenge from the previous season, just the best day, my favorite as a Cards football, of my favorite Cards football season. It was awesome. There's no way around it. But it's both positive and negative. I, when I, the Sugar Bowl was so much fun, but I, I went to it as media. So I was in the media. So I, it was cool getting this. Why you don't go to games as media? But I mean, on one hand, it's, the, the, I mean, you can't ask for a better seat. I mean, you're 50 yard line, middle of the field. I mean, you can't cheer. I, I can't go to games and not cheer. I, I can't know, do it. And it's one, and, and some games I can do it, but this was one of those games, especially the way, like if we'd gotten blown out, it'd been one thing. I'd have been like, who cares? I'm glad I didn't get to cheer and have to cheer. But the way it started and the way that game home, yeah. game, I mean, it was, it was inside, I was just going nuts. Texas says, my WVU blackout story. Friends of mine stationed at Fort Campbell came to town for the game and Breeders' Cup. They couldn't get tickets to the game, so they went to the old bar, tailgaters across from Papa John's. Cards win. I rush the field. Who do I see on the field with the girls they met at the bar on their shoulders? My buddies from Fort Campbell. <laughs> also, leaving the field, I took boxes from the WVU sideline marked RB, T, H, etc. I thought they were WVU players' cleats that they'd left on the field. They were WVU box lunches. <laughs> was the lunch good? Was it, I don't know. What does West Virginia give box lunches for in 2006? Who would steal 100 pack lunches? Nice <laughs> pool. My buddy knows the guy. Her, him, and her, and Veronica got it on. Nope. No, they didn't. Texas' WVU blackout game is the best game at Cardinal Stadium, better than the FSU rain game because of the implications with the BCS championship on the brink. I actually agree with that. I mean, even in hindsight, still biggest and best atmosphere ever at a little home game? I think so. I think, yeah, I mean, I like I think the the Florida State one has a comparison, but just the the noon on Saturday compared to Thursday on a, on Thursday, if the Florida State game had been like a Thursday night game, game day there or not, I think it could have matched it. But Florida State, you talking about the the second game, the Lamar, the game, Lamar game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. It was oh no, the, the the rain game was. I mean, that was great, but a great atmosphere, but it didn't have the same. Yeah, feeling. He, I think he saw he's he's saying the FSU rain game, which okay. Just two totally different. Like that was big because we still were like, this program fighting for respect. We also were, were one and two going into that game. I think. Yeah, we we lost to Kentucky. I mean, we were like this was a big deal because like legitimate national title implications. Yeah, like, we'd never been in that position before, and like we'd never had a spotlight like that before. It wasn't just a huge upset over a big time program that we got to go play in our field. It was a. Uh, it was those two games were totally different. And I'm with you. The Lamar game also, like that made us the biggest story in college football, but it was. I mean, the atmosphere it's, looked cool, but also it, early in the season. Yeah, and and I, for someone, I wasn't at the blackout game when we watched. I was at the rain game. I mean, I was at good buzz. Was on there trying to get the goalpost down, scared some Florida State fans, yada yada yada. And I would still say the blackout, even though I wasn't there. But I was at the rain game. I would say the blackout was. was I would go with it for atmosphere. It was a bigger deal. It was. It was just because you knew. I mean, we haven't had. I a mean, game. we've been undefeated going into the FSU. Would have been different, and it was. Yeah. And they had lost. Didn't they lose like on Thursday before they played us? They were four, but they were going to fall out. Anyway. No, they were undefeated. Were they still okay? They hadn't lost yet. It was oh. early. In the season. I think they were three and zero. We were one and two. I think. Yeah. Either they were four and zero, and we were two and two, because uh, we lost to UK and Colorado State. I think before that game, which just kind of took all the fun out of it. Yeah. Uh, not it didn't take all the fun out. Of it, don't well, get me wrong, no, but it took a lot of the hype out of it. Out of, yeah, we finished seven and five but that year. That West Virginia game was the last time that we've hosted a game where it's been like. They're really good. We're really good. This is the the, the pinnacle of, yeah. of stuff on the line. Like winner has a shot to play for the national title. Loser is done, and it's November. Like this Especially, is yeah, late right. in the season. The point in the season too compared to the Florida State Lamar game. You're right. Yeah, because even that Clemson game. I mean, the Clemson game is probably the last time we had a like a showcase game. I mean, that was even a, a bigger deal at that time. But it was still it was October first. Yeah. It was we were the new kid on the block. They were coming off a fantastic season, but still they looked a little shaky early on. 
if that game had been like November 1st, I think it would have been a bigger deal. And also it was on the road, which which changes things. But my God, just get us back to that place. It's I, I'm getting goosebumps just like talking about these things. And I'm so <laughs> mad that we're, we feel like we're so far off from that. Uh, um, Sean Moss texted him, by the way. He says, uh, today was a fun listen. Well done. I wish I'd watched the game. Come on, Sean. Tom yeah, Collins. Sean, you knew it was coming. He should have. Tom Collins' wife was a WNBA head coach and then took over for Kim Mulkey at Baylor. Did not know that. Really? I think less of Tom Collins now. <laughs> Plus, doesn't he have a cool uh, uh, beverage named after him? Tom, that's Tom Collins. Oh. <laughs> Perfect way to end the show. You like that. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. We got Jody Demling and the Cardinal Insider up next. After that, we got Louisville Bats baseball coverage starting at 635. First pitch versus Indianapolis is at 705. Best luck to the Bats. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you guys uh, Monday at 3 o'clock right here on 1450 The Big Ups. You're a rich girl, rich girl. And you're going to-